0: We upgrade everything we gotta keep it going we're busy, starting I mean. early what's up everybody yeah. uh we're going to we are back uh season 13 uh,
1: Season PO. <laughs> i mean yes. is it a lucky it's been, season
0: is it an unlucky season? we've been doing this, this for this... 12 years man oh, oh God. <laughs> 12 years every tuesday oh, God. The it wasn't every tuesday But well, i'm excited to run a gig i've
1: ever had yeah
0: i know right yeah i think it's almost as long as my marriage, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dory was here. Dory was
1: here before I was. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. She was 2006, So yeah. <laughs> um this is episode 547. And uh yeah, I'm excited about this one because I've been watching Damien for a while. Um we'd post up these little short little videos on Instagram if you follow him over on Copperhead Customs. And basically it would be like, you know, some kind of like jungle music and the carpet python just like coming up over the perch. He's like, you know, see dew from the mist that just came through. And I'm like, man, that must be awesome to watch that every day. And it's sort of like uh, where I sort of get the idea of like wanting to sort of like trim the collection down and sort of focus on having Better enclosures, being able to watch them like I would in the, in the wild. We're supposed to have to make this happen last year, but you know, things happened and whatever. Um, yep. And here we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we got him as the first guest of 2024. So, we'll be hitting uh, talking about that. We got a lot to talk. We're going to talk about if you design a carpet python cage, what would you do? And how would right. you do it? And, you know, um, like, size wise height wise perching all that kind of stuff heat uv lights all all that kind of stuff we're going to talk about um let's see uh a lot of people want to set
1: that stuff up i mean some people more and more people want to do that for their animals so yeah
0: yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent um so just <laughs> i got two things to ask you one yep. we're getting bombarded with crazy storms here so if all of a sudden the power goes out and the show shuts down you know why
1: Think of it uh, as hopefully. a think of it as bringing <laughs> you back to the nostalgia of season one, where the show could <laughs> shut down at any moment, and any moment, any moment. Yes. Everything can crash. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like we're so, flying an yes. airplane with one and a half <laughs> engines. It's good enough
0: what's up everybody uh just yeah his yeah robert his his enclosures are fantastic man we're gonna you know well i'll give you a little tease before we even bring them on let me, let me just show you what i'm talking oh. about when i talk about an enclosure of what you're watching we're watching on youtube we're here. about
1: to look at a picture in 12 minutes when it finally loads so you have time from the point where you're. Oh, hearing it really you
0: takes it, that long
1: i mean no. sometimes there it is oh that is a fun <laughs> ij on a stick
0: how I'm dare sorry, you dude that's one, darwin. a
1: darwin. darwin darwin i guess darwin. they're all
0: the same now right i
1: mean yeah the, like yeah, you know <laughs> you're getting ready to jump down my throat and it's like well technically you're somewhat uh, correct well yes i'm taking
0: away <laughs> taking away your moralia card um take it
1: take it, take it.
0: uh I learned it <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah we're going to uh to to be diving into that and uh i did want to say that uh we do have the calendars available. Uh, it's kind of can't really see it. This one is Shiny. Owens. Yeah, but uh, you can. Uh, yeah, exactly. Gave me a, an idea for your.
1: <laughs> that just wow. reminds me of that when we got the first calendar printed, and you're like, I took pictures yeah. of them, but they seem all weird and glossy on my camera, on my phone. <laughs> it's because you didn't pull the freaking sticker screen off the lens sticker of your
0: brand phone? new phone, <laughs> dude. That was definitely an old guy move, right? These are so much better. I wasn't now. an old guy when in happened. <laughs> that was definitely an old guy move. Yeah. But it's all good. Uh, what's up, everybody in the chat? Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, get into this. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of Morelia stuff lined up for the upcoming season. We have... Rough scale shows, we got condro shows, we got carpet shows, tons of stuff that we're going to get into. Anything you yeah. want to hit on, uh, Owen, before before we bring Damien on?
1: Uh, no, just um, I updated the website, so Rogue Reptiles was updated, and there's a bunch of stuff over there, including the False Water Cobra and the Rhino rat snakes, and I got through the Chinese King Rats up there. So there's a ton of stuff over there, so if you were kind of poking around, um, go check that out again, and that I have two shows coming up it's the oaks reptile show and the hamburg reptile show uh coming up i'm sorry the morgantown whatever the hell they're going to call it now so i'll be at both of those coming up in uh january february no 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 more Condro shows oh
0: there's no, my Chondros. there's my no. uh there's my Condro guy no uh yeah you <laughs> francis get two, is you get two per Chondros. season
1: that's it two <laughs> two no. two per oh, season my friend no.
0: Now we're going no. to have a problem. <laughs> Listen, I uh, bet you, you can have breed them bit? in a fish
1: tank. So, you think so? I could, yeah I know. Okay, I could.
0: probably could. I don't know. I mean, you they're mystical white dragons lips, olives, put on the stick, olives, but you know what? If I lock them in a
1: cage, yeah. But
0: you can't breed eyed though. So. <gasps> I don't know, man. They come from ah, around the same area. Yeah, so how I don't, your like I don't, I don't know. know, man. Oh, my breadline.
1: I what? No, I'm sorry. What? <laughs>
0: that sounded like a shot. I don't know. I I, I would never. <laughs> enough of you. Let's bring Damien on. What's up, Damien? How you doing? How are you doing? Welcome, on. Welcome to Maria radio Thank you. Good. Good, to be good, here. Good. Yeah, man. Awesome. I'm ready to talk caging and carpets and all kinds of stuff. So um
2: I uh oh and after that comment, that's a that's yeah. a cute beard you got going there.
1: Thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we can't. I, I mean, I just. Do you do you have to like oil that, or is it just naturally? I and...
2: uh, i up looking like this. I know what okay. I'm not talking.
1: About. <laughs> do, do people mistake you for an old like kind mean, of like? Do you do the villain twirl when you cackle or no? all, all, no, the, time. all the time. Good, good. I would too. Yeah, would I do, mean, right? that's that's fantastic. <laughs> so. Um, I guess Owen's we'll going to
0: have his, he's, he's going to grow it now. I know I can't, it. he um, does I can't this under, all the
1: time. <laughs> my wife would shave me in my sleep. So uh-huh. um, I guess we'll start with uh, Damien. What kind of got you into reptiles and what led to your cage design stuff?
2: All right. So I got into reptiles when I was 10 years old, so in 1998. And I was in probably grade four. And I had a teacher that was our environmental studies teacher. And he would bring in his snakes. He had black-headed pythons and children's pythons, I believe. Okay. And I was just instantly hooked. And then they got some guests in that would bring in carpet pythons and they'd be wild-caught ones that they were about to relocate so they were all angry. <laughs> and
3: Covered I, in ticks, yeah.
2: Yeah, Absolutely hooked from from word go, and obviously I must have bugged my parents until they gave in because the next thing I remember, we went to a breeder's place called Russell Grant, and he, back then, bred all sorts of things. He had scrub pythons and carved pythons. Uh, I think his wife had a red-bellied black snake. Um, They bred tree frogs. They had all sorts, and... um, yeah, now he actually breeds green tree pythons. Nice. But, but um, yeah, back then I remember walking along on, on one side of the room, there was cages, and down the bottom there was the big scrub python. I remember looking at the scales going, those scales are bigger than my fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. um, his big female actually grabbed him and um, tried to constrict him one night. Cause he'd been in the rap room and, uh, then went to clean some cages in at night.
1: you, you That, yeah, <laughs> no, you
2: never, you deal with rodents
1: after yeah. you don't, that, no.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So,
2: uh, his wife ended up finding out, so their snake room was in a big long shed out in their backyard and, um. His wife heard the dog going off, and she's like, What is going on? Went out mm. there and, and found him like trying to get unstuck and you know, God and ended up going off. And I think shortly after um they had kids and he decided, all right, I better get rid of these <laughs> and, <laughs> and move them on. But I remember him opening drawers, and the first drawer he opened was uh hatching jungle pythons. Okay and it was just like a machine gun, like just all these yeah, little mouths. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not for your first snake. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: then, it does kind of
1: turn you off of it,
2: yeah. Yeah. And then he got along to the Darwin's and from there he waved his hand over the tub and there was a few strikes and my boy was the one that didn't strike. So that's that's how I started and been going strong ever since I mean high school was a bit of a distraction but <laughs> once high school That's was candid. finished, I, I got back yep. in pretty heavily so, so well I say heavily but not compared to what you go <laughs> <laughs> not, not
3: your guys heavily
1: yeah, all right. um, yeah what's the collection look like now
2: uh, I've got six Carpet Pythons uh, no four of them are jungles Okay. So I, uh, I, uh, that machine gun fire always stuck with me and uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> was saying, you said you wanted it. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, I had the one snake for 20 years before I got more.
3: Right.
0: That's awesome. 20 year old snake? Wow.
2: Oh, he's 25. He, he's the big guy that you showed earlier. Yes. Yeah. Right next to
1: me. Oh, okay. That's cool. Awesome. And that, that's cool. And that's some, a lot of people don't understand that that's, that, that they they should hang around that long, like they, they're going to be here for a while.
2: Well, that yeah. picture you brought up—that was him earlier this year. Okay, and that's his condition at 25 years old. Not bad. And he looks good. That's I mean, he good. only gets fed once every sort of three four months.
1: At, like and like that's that's good solid feeding. He's a he's a healthy looking snake.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. he's big. He's strong. Like he's just.
1: Probably just under seven foot. Wow! Wow! It's weird. He it a- looks, <laughs> like, it looks like it looks like he you know it looks like he snagged that right at the botanical gardens. Oh, this takes <laughs> me back. <laughs> like yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn.
0: I noticed, you know, I know we'll get into it about perching and everything, but like I'm looking at the muscle tone on the snake on like the side of the snake there. And what I noticed is when I was keeping carpets and racks, and I talked about this a while ago is that they sort of lost this. Well, it appeared that they lost the strength in their tail from not being able to climb, you know? Um, But we'll get into that. But I just look at that and I just see that they must, you know, going up and down that log, Multiple time of day, you know, help keep that, that that muscle going. the Prehensile tails and all that stuff. Is yeah. it? Do you notice that that snake is strong, like when it grabs you, like or you know, like so if you're holding it, wrapping mine, around you?
2: Yeah, all of mine are in a minimum of four foot tall enclosures. Okay, and they're all scary strong.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. As they should be. Like at at a certain point. They should have some muscle tone to them. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, one of my yeah. jungle girls, she's, um, you'd love her when she's a bitch. <laughs>
1: Excellent. So,
2: <laughs> right, when, right up when my she alley. Hits, when she hits food, it's insane. Like A little scary, yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> especially when she starts tracking your hand instead of the right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's a yeah, nice that's one. That's a pretty one.
2: Yeah. yeah, so that there, that's actually a pure jungle with reduced patterning.
1: I like the X kind of halfway down there.
0: <laughs> Who needs a jag, right, Owen? I, I mean,
1: I, <laughs> I, mean I, I know we don't really
0: do jags anymore like that. Uh,
1: When you came over to pick up your stuff and I showed you the zebra jag that I would put in like a cage, and it was just uh-huh. like, I, I, I feel worse now because I can see him. Just constantly. I think he's yeah. got a lot of room to really kind of ramp up. And then I'm like, ah, oh, uh. so. Yeah.
2: yeah, I didn't it's know dumb. about Jags for a long time because I wasn't involved online. Mm. And um, then I saw them one day. I was like, what is that? And thought they looked amazing. And then I found out about the mural. I was like, no, nah, can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, and then I found out that you can get pretty close to a jag just through selective breeding, and um, I very selectively built my collection around that. That one looks almost—is
0: this a gelatin?
2: it is a Tremaine line gelatin. Yes.
0: Ah. Wow! So interesting thing about the gelatins, and even the ones I found in the wild, and the ones that I have and it produced, and have seen in other collections, is they have that stripe that goes down. I don't know. Maybe if I do it here, I can uh, do it better. But um, it's like right behind the neck as it goes down. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. sort of, and it has. Me and Rob calling them railroad tracks, but just interesting yeah. that that uh,
2: absolute cyclopist
0: stripes.
1: Yeah. Everybody, yep. everybody loves stripes.
0: <laughs> Just these are uh, these are all pictures you took, right, Damien? Yeah.
2: yeah, they're all yeah. my pictures, <laughs> and that one is next to an enclosure, not in an enclosure.
1: But um, oh, okay, oh, cool. Using the enclosure as a backdrop. Yep. The works.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 People were
0: people were saying that they're all calendar picks. And this is my whole thing. Like, what led you to the spot now to where you wanted to make your enclosures better? Like where did that yeah. come from? And just well, just one so day my you decided, first
2: enclosure was a homemade enclosure that my dad built it was top opening. Um it was probably about a three by two by two. And it had a shelf okay. in it. And this was back when we didn't have all fancy lighting. We had what was referred to as party globes. So it was just a light bulb that was painted blue. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's how we kept it. And, um, Good enough. <laughs> the Wall-mount thermostats, which I now despise. But, um, yeah, they were basically Jerry Reed house thermostats. So it just controlled oh, yeah. the ambient. Um, but what I've since found out is when they fail, they lock the lights to an on position. Yeah. So yes. that's, that's a real good way to create a pizza oven. <laughs>
3: yeah. <Yes>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, I think my first couple cages were hooked up by a, to a dimmer switch and it yeah. was like, you just like you figured it out and then you left that dial alone and uh, the slightest breeze would just send that dial either all the way on or off so
2: yeah. i am mean, good in theory but like we've come so far with technology it really surprises me that enclosures still get sold to this day with those saints thermostats in them yep yeah and then yeah. people go and put 150 watts around the key meters and it's just like what are you guys trying to do like burn do their house down. yeah <laughs> yeah yep. well yeah i the think other thing people don't <laughs> realize is that the wiring has a heat rating and I almost guarantee 150 watts ser- of ceramic heat emitter it is gonna exceed that
3: yeah Oh,
0: yes hundred yes. percent yeah it's it's like um I think that 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 when you're getting for when you're first getting in the reptiles the idea is that they have to be warm or be able to warm up, you know, and and I think we're always focused on making sure they're warm where I found, especially with carpets, like too much heat is worse than too cold. Like yeah. they, as long as they, they, you know, they can get back to being able to warm up uh, at some point, you know, they could they could withstand a little bit of cold. Whereas if it gets too hot, that's that's it. It's game
2: over. Yeah. So when I was uh, probably eleven or twelve, we traveled around Australia uh, by car, living out of tents for three months. Okay. But it's- yeah, I don't know.
1: Something happened. We're good. Keep keep going.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So we travelled and lived out of tents for three months. Drove from Melbourne to Darwin and back. Nice. And my dad said to someone one day, "Look, we're not seeing any lizards or like snakes or anything." They're like, "Well, lizards, you you're in the wrong spot. Snakes, right. they won't come out until it cools down." Right. And he's like, "Oh." Really? They're like, yeah, it's way too hot during the day. Like, they hide from the heat during the day. Yeah. And then come Absolutely. out as that temp starts to drop.
3: hmm
2: So, yeah, I think the whole keeping them, people seem to still think that you got to heat the whole enclosure, and I think that's something from the past, because I remember when I was younger and we were using party globes, saying to someone, well, can't we do a big enclosure? And they're like, you'll never get it hot enough.
1: Right. Yeah. And I and I and I know that mentality because it's like you'll never get the cage hot enough. Well, I don't want the cages and need the whole cage doesn't need to be hot enough. A spot of it needs to be. Like yeah. that's yeah.
2: And unfortunately I think that sort of mindset has stuck around, even mm. though the knowledge is there. And I think that's because the more experienced keepers are not online that much they're not in the facebook groups and right. they're not chip in because they don't want to argue with 12 year olds that think they know well, better. that's
1: the other thing you know i come in and tell you how how i do it the first thing that happens is somebody pops in and tells me i'm an idiot and i have no idea what i'm talking about it's like you're right okay only been breeding and right. keeping for 10 years but yeah okay
2: The sharp end of that stick is now the new keepers have no way to get good information
1: right that is the different part of it yeah
2: So that's something that I would like to see change. I think that YouTube is probably the way to do that because you can just ignore the comment section.
1: (laughs) We, I think we disable it. Like we just turn it off.
2: You're not allowed.
1: We just kind of skirt
2: it. You just go, oh, what do I do in this situation? You just send a link to a YouTube video and walk away.
1: Yeah, just leave. Oh, you're alive. Good.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my, my store's power is back on. We're all good. Everything is good. And now. I like, not have to eat all the ice cream? I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, I know. That's okay. terrible when the power
1: no, goes out. Damn shame. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry.
2: You're all good. So, yeah, I all think right, the we whole keeping them too yeah. hot is something yeah. that, that needs to change. But I think the only way to change that is to put more educational content out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been trying for 12 years. 12 years we've been
3: trying.
1: <laughs> Eventually, some of it's going to take. I mean, I imagine we're like, I, I think we're going to be like Picasso. We'll be appreciated when we're both dead. So, yeah. you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so, where as were you at? As, right?
1: I'm, I'm up here still. Um, so, as far as uh, your company, uh, Copperhead yeah. Customs, so like, when you were contacted by a customer, how do you kind of work through that with them as far as design?
2: Right. So the first time that happened was I set up one of my enclosures, took photos, put them online. And this was when I was first starting to get into the reptile groups and stuff. Okay. And the next thing, people are blowing up going, oh, can you make one for me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Yeah, and, sure. Um, so I did the first one uh, that he told me the size. But when I got there, he sent me the completely wrong measurements. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, oh, I made it too big and not too small. So I was able to cut it down and fit it. Um, and then it just spiraled from there. It went the original idea was I was just going to flip enclosures, mm-hmm. I was going to go on Facebook Marketplace, buy secondhand enclosures refurbish and sell them on, but the orders just started rolling in. So what the original plan was, was you tell me the species, I'm going to match the enclosure to the natural habitat. Okay. Okay. Then I had someone with a bearded dragon go, Oh, but I want a jungle theme. (laughs) So, So, all right. So what do I do? I'm like, well, if I can focus on just the functionality of the setup right. and support the natural behaviors of the animal, then it can look like whatever it wants.
1: Right. As long as it's got the right
2: parts of yeah. it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It just needs the right features that are functional to support the behavior.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: So I did that, bit my pride, and um, from there, I was, uh, it sort of opened my mind a bit more, like, I've got Thailand-themed enclosures. None of these snakes are from Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Thailand. I mean, why not? It's, again, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it opened a few doors that way and really made me focus on studying the behaviours of the animals and building a setup. The, the reason my slogan is enclosure exhibit habitat is because a habitat requires the functionality Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. neither of the others do you can have a completely empty enclosure with paper on the bottom and a heat light and that's great but it doesn't actually support any of the behaviors
1: right it's just function
2: yeah it's just bare minimum function yeah yeah
0: which is why you get bare minimum behavior out of the animals, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, they don't climb. Well, I was told for so long that carpet pythons don't climb.
1: I, I, like, all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time they do.
2: Well, I, I actually strongly disagree with the term semi arboreal.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one. It's, um, I, think,
2: I think they're highly arboreal.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it depends on their environment. I, I think they're like all terrain freaking vehicles. Well, they'll It doesn't matter what's in front of them; they're gonna go. And I think that's true for all snakes.
2: Like each it's, one is individual as well. Like I've got right. some that will stay up high all the time, mm-hmm. and then I've got one of my girls. She's the um, albino dove, and she prefers mm-hmm. to be down the bottom where it's really dark. And I've think that's probably due to light sensitivity
1: you say the albinism might have something to do with that too
2: but she won't bask under an incandescent i know that with
1: alligators Mm. when they're albino they have to watch because their eyes they can go blind and stuff like that if they get a full bask of a full spectrum which is why every time you see an albino alligator in a zoo it's either indoors or it's underneath uh some sort of canopy to yeah. kind of prevent that. So I would not be shocked if the same thing kind of went hand in hand, maybe if it was a lesser, um, maybe not like as um, quick to damage their eyes in a snake, um, as opposed to an alligator that's like constantly out there all the freaking time. But I I would say, yeah, light sensitivity makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing that I noticed with her is I went from a DP projector <laughs> and I broke it because I dropped it. Um, and. <laughs> So I did the old Philips light and um, chucked that in. And I noticed that she would – so I turned my heat off. Heat and lights mm. go on for night. And every time I turned it off, she'd come and sit on the branch where it was, where it was warm. warm. But wow. she would only do it when the light was off.
3: Oh,
2: wow. Interesting. I saw it like two or three times. I was like, what's going on here? I'm like, all right, what if I switch back to a DP projector? Switched back to a DP projector, and she started sitting under it. Okay. Oh, but okay. So then I did on one side of the the enclosure, I did an incandescent, and on the other side, I did a DP projector. And she would not bask under the light; she would only bask under the DP. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's something else that I noticed, like. Especially here, the Alvinas are super-duper important. No one ever talks about that.
0: Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, too, is probably we never observed that, at least here, because the majority of people that keep carpets, that are keeping them, say, in a rack, even if it's a bigger-sized tub, they're keeping the heat underneath, right? So they'll yeah. never be exposed to the light. And most of the enclosures that are, you know, like this
1: size, the heat
0: pads which are sort of like, you know, no light. So we yeah. probably wouldn't have ever picked up on that, but that's interesting,
2: yeah <laughs> yeah so and the the sort of sad thing about that is the like you go on the repal lighting group, which I love that group, but nobody ever takes into account they like, just blanket rule and go, oh yeah well, the best thing is a incandescent with Not you yeah I think it's very situational,
1: yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
2: Um, So I I understand that the infrared sea is the least biodiverse wavelength, but if the animal is not going to sit under light...
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have have more problems if it won't do
2: that than if it would... Like, yeah, no. And I think Nick Mutton said in an interview recently that young carpets in particular, they... If they don't feel safe, it's like they'll they'll rather sit on a block of ice than yep. come out and bask if they don't feel safe.
3: Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I think that's why they're so difficult to get going. If you're having trouble with them, is usually the setup of the babies, um, you know, because they don't they feel like they're. Uh, it's. I mean, it makes sense, right? The the biggest predator for them is going to be some type of bird. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're going to be looking anything for. Above, and here comes this big heat source from above. And
2: there's especially if be been there before. I find that all of the young ones that I've had, the first time they see overhead heat, they freak out. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, back to the question. So the first thing I ask is what's being
1: housed? What's in there? You're right. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Then I will generally try and convince them to go with a bigger option. Because most of the time they're picking something that they're being told on a Facebook group, like a four by two by two for a carpet, which I don't agree with. Okay, uh, I I think carpets need that height. Agree. Um, so we're trying to. I work with another company who actually build the enclosures, so I can focus on just the backgrounds. At one stage, okay. I was doing both, and it was just way too much work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
2: Um, So we're trying to make a three-foot tall a more common option. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But the issue that we have here is the reptile stores are not stocking anything that's really suitable for the animals that they're selling beyond being a juvenile. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay.
2: So our eventual goal is to open a store that's going to be more like a showroom where you can go in and you place your order and then it's built. And that way we don't have to worry about trying to have enough floor space to stock your identity. Right. Um, right. The other option is flat pack, but we don't have anyone like um, custom reptile habitats or Zen habitats or any of those here. So we do
1: flat packing kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. We don't have that option.
1: Yeah, that's, that that makes a break to a lot of um, caging companies out here of how they can get it to you. Because sometimes you'll find somebody who can make you a enclosure for cheaper, but then the freight absolutely kills you because they can't flat pack it and stuff like that. Or they can't even deliver it to residential. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, the first thing, ask what species it is. Once we've locked down what size enclosure it's going to be, then I ask if they've got any specific requests. Most of the time, I've managed to build enough of a reputation that they just give me free reign. Okay. <laughs> Which, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if they have a specific request or they're like, I, I really like this one. I just let them know that each build is completely unique. Like I'm never going to try and build the same thing twice. Right. Um, but I can guarantee that it's going to fit the function that you want it for.
3: Okay.
1: So do you do you check out their yep. the place where they want to put the cage as well? Because does that kind of <laughs> come into play as far as what's going that's in
2: more, it? That's more on the, the guys that make the enclosure. So, okay. okay. um, but we did learn the hard way that we have to do that because people were like, "Oh yeah, I want a three foot deep enclosure, like my one is right. here." Mm-hmm. You can't fit three foot deep through a doorway.
3: <laughs> oh shit!
1: <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: this this gigantic enclosure next to me, I had to build in the room.
1: And if you ever move, you're going to have to take it apart. Or take the. Yeah. The
2: reason the entire reason I refurbished this enclosure recently was because we our landlord decided he wanted to do the carpets, and I had to oh. pull it apart. And then <laughs> pulling it apart, I wrecked the background. And So I was like, "Oh, this sounds like
1: um, I have a I have a tank in my living room that's as tall as I am. It's a hexagonal tank that I had to bring in one panel of glass at a time." And then glue together and all that stuff. And then the base actually had to cut in half, bring it inside. (coughs) Rejoin. And put it all back together. Um, What's in that? uh, Rhino rat snakes. Uh, Yep. Do you have
2: photos of that
1: up? Yeah. uh, No, not really. Um, I will text my wife right now and tell her to take pictures of the rhino enclosure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but you mentioned it before i'll, I'll, I'll see <laughs> yeah, i can't say any
1: part of yeah i i hide what i do from people so
0: um it's actually very nice it is it's, nice yeah. he, he he did a good job on it he did yep. do a good job um yeah i think um you know uh it's, it's, so when so when you're designing, let's say we're designing a Carpet Python cage, right? Somebody yep. wants to have somebody build or somebody wants to contact you and, and, and do that. What is the most important thing, do you think, in regards to Carpet Python for the design? What's the thing that absolutely should have?
2: The most functional aspect of Carpet Python, in my opinion, is the height and making that height usable. So shelves, especially for the adults... And big branches, like, you got to go big with big snakes. Mm -hmm. Plants, perches, decor, it has to be big.
1: So are you just constantly riding around and, like, if you see a nice stick or a nice log, you're just pulling over and throwing it in the back of your truck or whatever?
2: So I drive a very small car. um, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which... Is has constantly got the back seats folded down and, and is constantly <laughs> full of leaves and bark. It's <laughs> perfect. But to, to the point that if we ever have to give anyone a lift somewhere, we take my wife's car.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like so one of the things I I'm sort of jumping ahead because we're talking about height and perching, and I would agree. I, I have these diamond cages over here, and while I'm rebuilding the diamond cages after the breeding season is done, which I'll have to do in the house, in the room because of the same yep. situation. But um one of the things that I that I noticed about your design is that you sort of have like these rock ledges going up. I'm assuming is there heat to where they can bask in those areas or certain areas, and then, then you sort of, the to, to
2: at the top, okay. Yeah. So the purpose of those ledges was to create the heat gradient because in a tall enclosure, you have to think up and down, not lengthways as much. So I do try okay. and achieve a 10-degree gradient from both left to right and a minimum of 10 degree from top to bottom. Okay. Um, so the middle ledge in that photo. So that's the old setup. That's the one that ended up getting wrecked. Um, that middle one was to I think that was it. That spot would sit at around thirty, and the top would sit at about thirty-five to thirty-six. Okay. And then at ground level, it'd be sort of mid to higher twenties. Okay. Um, gotcha. Depending on the the temperature of the day. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah, I always worry about you know uh, heating. Um, well, like you're saying, top to bottom, my my like making sure that the basking spot is hot enough, but also that the ambient is you know okay. Do you find that that matters? I know I know I, I remember you talking a little bit about ambience on Animals at Home podcast, and like what yeah, what's your thought so- when it comes to
2: The where's my chap gun? The ambient at the bottom is twenty-four degrees. Okay. Um and then middle twenty-six top twenty-seven basking zones, probably about thirty-six. Okay, so and then I just let the snake decide what he wants. I'll just make it available so, to them.
0: Okay. So then right. you're just giving them basically the options that they can choose wherever they want to go. And they'll go,
2: figure it you know, out. They, yeah. yeah. I, I think something that happens too much in the reptile world is we try and play God. We try and dictate what these animals want. And I think that there's not enough education out there for us to do that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like, <clears throat> I I when you are you attaching those um, logs in any way? Um,
2: so when I build the backgrounds, I create like a uh, like a groove or a ledge for them to jam into. Okay. Um, so they're all removable.
3: Oh, cool. Okay. So they can actually Very
2: come nice. out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> then, you, then you have to find a, a log that fits into that groove again.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I usually just go for too big and then I'll um figure it oh, out. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's much easier to make them too big and, and make them fit than try and find one that's the exact size.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Have you um. There's a question in the chat. Uh, what temperature is the ambient if you use a thermometer or a temp gun? Does the surface have you looked at that? Like what
2: the. Yeah, that's what I just did then. Yeah. Oh, so okay. the gotcha. ground level was 24. And then the top okay. is 36. 36. Okay. So for so everybody had, that. My basking zone has three separate lights. Um, that come on at different times. So as well as the gradient, he's got a buildup of heat to the midday point and then back mm-hmm. down to the night.
0: Gotcha. So with enclosures like this and with the branching like that, what what observations have you observed with, with your carpets?
2: Um, so as far as perching goes, they as they get bigger, we'll start when they're young, the younger ones will utilize vines.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They'll perch a lot on small areas, hang on vines. Once they get bigger, they prefer to wedge themselves between two surfaces, so forks and branches, uh, where the branch meets the wall. Um, and as far as hides go, I make built in hides where they can wedge themselves down into them
1: okay. that's
2: cool um, but yeah as far how as you... perching goes it's very much age dependent on their behavior
0: okay how so what what are you noticing different between say a baby and an adult just where the perching?
2: the amount yeah, of Yeah, the, the babies don't really care when they're perching they don't care so much about being wedged into like the V of a branch or, or up against a wall, they um, pretty much only come out and perch when it's nighttime and when they're out hunting and exploring. Mm. And then during the day they will hide, and I use visual barriers, so I use hanging plants and stuff like that more so than a box that they can go into. So... Mm. I posted recently a couple of um, videos of my second youngest girl and up in the top corner, I've got the branch goes up and sort of levels out and there's a spot where she can sit up there and then I've got a big fern that hangs down, um, artificial fern that hangs down. And she's usually up there, but now she's going down to – it must get too hot up there during the day for her. So she goes down to the midsection and hides under a different plant down on the opposite side. Okay. Mm. Um, where is okay. the big guy, he'll be out in the middle of the day. Right now he's sitting in his pond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he'll, he'll sit out in the middle of the day. I've noticed that he will sit under the uh, jungle dawn, so the full spectrum LED. Mm-hmm. okay and he sits under there a fair bit. Um, and one of the other older ones has started doing it as well. She's got a full spectrum spotlight and she sits under that. And I think that's from the research that I've done, it's they can actually see that spectrum of light better. Mm-hmm. And that triggers the part of their brain that goes, well, that's where I need to be to get warm. Right. So mm. now I'm using... LED full-spectrum spotlights in the basking zone to add okay. to them, to sort of tell them, all right, well, I don't want to confuse them. If I've got her on the opposite side and they go and sit on the cool side thinking that they're going to get warm. Right. Okay. So, so my okay. basking zone consists of, in the big enclosure, a DP projector, an LED spot, an incandescent, and then has a shade-dweller UVB running along the whole length of the basking zone.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: And then I used real slabs of rock to absorb the heat.
1: Okay.
0: That was one of the questions. Um, the, the background itself helped with the ambient temperatures. It looked like it would retain a lot of heat. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, okay. it absolutely does because the board that I use is actually used for insulation.
1: Oh it's oh, okay. like the like the the foam board kind yeah. of
2: okay that, uh, I think for you guys they make that like pink Yeah, it's really like the Owen's corning thing. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um it's not that popular here, but it is getting easier to get. Um but yeah, it absolutely <laughs> helps with the ambient.
0: You guys also have I heard Luke um talk about it all the time from Beaches Scaly Beasts. is um yeah. A beast is um i think it's called tile pointing right or or some kind of roof something that you guys are always making backgrounds out of
2: yeah i use that a bit um but i've started playing around with other stuff that i can carve more like cement but trying to find a way to make it lighter weight because when you use cement it just gets insanely heavy yeah (laughs) um but tile pointing is it's similar to dry lock from what I can tell, but it's an acrylic um acrylic based cement, basically. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's naturally waterproof, which is the big advantage because you don't have to seal it.
0: Okay. Yeah, we have I, I, I we haven't used so. Do you guys have Zoopoxy there? Anything like that?
2: We can't get Zoopoxy. No. Um, yeah. Do you know Brad's bioactive builds?
0: I've heard of them. No. Yeah,
2: uh, he's he's on YouTube. He makes incredible stuff, and he I talk to him a lot. And he's just started using his epoxy. He's like his stuff is incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we can't get it here. The closest we can get is just so ridiculously expensive that like it's just not even worth it. Um, but if you study how to manipulate cement and make thicker mixes and lighter mixes and stuff, you can very easily work out how to do it. It's,
0: it's crazy what you have to learn when you're just mm-hmm. trying to build a snake cage, you know?
2: <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you, you, you <laughs> My wife's come home and I've been watching like videos in Spanish of guys building like <laughs> a concrete rock fountain. And so <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs>
3: i'm learning
2: yeah, this is important
0: uh, <laughs> this is like school <laughs> yeah i need this
2: uh, but you have That's if you great. want to if you want to do something like what i'm doing especially on the scale that i'm doing and you want to keep progressing you've got to look at other industries you can't just mm-hmm. type in how to make a reptile enclosure um, yeah yeah no. you've got to think outside yeah. the box
0: yeah, you're sort of paving the way, if you will, you know, because it's not really – I mean, it's it's recently that this has sort of become a thing where people are sort of like trimming down their collections and making bigger enclosures for a smaller amount of animals, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least with my,
2: um, with my youngest snake, he's i it'd probably be about a year now. But when I first got him, he'd only ever been in tubs. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll quarantine him in a tub and so I got a, a taller tub so he could climb and put a branch in there and had all fake plants in there so he could hide and whatnot. And what I noticed was he wasn't actually basking; he just wanted to be up high because that's where he felt safe. Um, and all I right. think that's something that, if when you look into carpet pythons and sort of study their behaviour, being up high. Being an arboreal snake, most arboreal snakes will do this. Um, I've seen I actually learned this from the guys that keep Venomous with um black Mambas and stuff like that. He's like the easiest way to keep them under control is to give them something nearby that's higher than you are. Because they <laughs> mm. want to go up.
3: Okay,
2: yeah. Yep. And if you're the highest point, <laughs> that's that's then they're bad if you're gonna free. be coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah. I was like, all right, so they want to go up because they feel safe. Like, this is an arboreal snake, probably the same thing. Um, So I'd take him off the perch, put him on the heat mat, straight back up on the perch. And he'd come from Queensland down to Melbourne, so big temperature difference. (laughs) I'm like, he's going to get sick. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I don't want to, like, if he wants to be up high, I should be accommodating that. I shouldn't be taking that away just so he gets heat. (laughs) So I was like, well, I'll get a small enclosure. So I contacted the guys that I work with. They got me a small enclosure built and um, put overhead heat in. He sort of looked at it and freaked out a little bit, went bid. Um, As soon as I seen that he was doing all the right things, I built up the enclosure with lots of fake plants, lots of cover, um, like a – fake plant sort of screen wall on the back
3: mm-hmm. and
2: he went straight into that and hid. And mm. this is I think where most people go wrong when it comes to going from a tub into an enclosure is they want to be too hands-on. Right. But okay. Oh yeah, I wanna I wanna get him used to being handled. It's like well you've just stuck him in a new environment. My big guy when I refurbished this hid for a week.
1: Yeah, because everything changed.
2: Yeah. 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 So I think utilizing lightless heat can be a really good way to transition from a tub into an enclosure. Have your heat during the day, your heat lamp, so they get used to the overhead.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: at night, for maybe half the night, or even to start with the full night, mm-hmm. have a spot where they can go and sit on something hot. So whether it be a heat or something like that, or a, if you have a DP projector going, have a spot. So they're sort of getting that, well, during the day, I'm not going to come out because there's too high of a risk of me getting eaten. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So in the wild, what would they do? They don't come out during the day. It's too risky. No. They wait until the sun goes down. Rocks and road are still hot. Come out mm-hmm. get hit. And that's why everyone finds them on the road. Mm-hmm. So... Instead of trying to play God and go, no, I'm not giving you the height, you can sit on the heat. you're getting a small tub where you basically don't have a choice. I was like, no, I'm just going to recreate the situation that it would be in the wild.
3: Right.
2: And so right. to start with, I had a DP projector in there. And right. then I uh, got more confident and took more feeds and got established. And I didn't handle him during this time at all.
0: That's important.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an important that's my favorite thing where it's like I've tried to feed the snake six times and it won't eat. You bought it from me yesterday. Leave yeah. it alone. Like it's just Yeah, we'll life. get into that
2: too. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put your snake in a new environment, mm. leave it alone. Don't try yeah. and feed it. Don't try and handle it. Don't go, oh, I can't see him. Where is he and start digging around? Right. Make sure it can't get out. Yeah. Put them in there and wait a minimum of seven days.
0: Mm-hmm. And the technology today you can set up, but you know, you can get one of those cheap little cameras that you could you can watch
1: it on a screen,
0: yeah. By the yeah. cage, and you can just watch it, not even go in the room,
2: you know, mm-hmm. just making yeah. sure
0: that uh, everything well, is
2: just, good. I'm in the room at 10 o'clock at night to, or midnight or whatever, and or if you want me get up stupid early, then go in when you get out of bed and and see what they're doing.
1: Oh yeah, I, right. right. Uh, I I love show days because the lights will turn off in here soon, and then I can see my ruffies come out. Like they'll be out any <laughs> minute. Like they're gonna start cruising in a second. Till then, it just looks like nothing's back there. But
0: soon. yeah, you know, yeah. To your um, it's it's not necessarily the aesthetic look that that you have per se, but I see a lot of carpet python keepers. Nowadays, what they'll do is they'll take the the hides and they'll flip them upside down and'll there's a track you can install like, on the yeah. top yeah, right? and you, yep. yeah, just put it up there and immediately, everybody's like, "Oh, my carbon python never comes out of there. Oh, my carpet yeah. python's always in there you know
2: that, I, that I, just think the, right there. I think the fallacy of carpet pythons don't climb is from people keeping in two foot tall enclosures heat rises the top's probably way too hot so they're yeah. not yeah. climbing because it's too warm not because they don't want to climb
3: right right yeah
2: which well, is why i like having the gradient from one side to the other as well as up and down yeah
3: I'm.
0: Um, i know in the early days i i sort of when i was first getting into carpet pythons one of the things that that we sort of had that we had this uh, animal plastic made it. it. was called a carpet python cage. And it was, what was it? 15 inches high, I think, which even still, I don't think that that's high enough. Um, but, um, they put the shelf in there and I don't know, my snakes never used the shelf, right? It, they would always be on top of, they, you would have like uh you know, hot box. Owens has this too, where you have like those you know, like, like there's bigger tubs that you use as a hide box slash nest box or whatever would sort of be right underneath the shelf and they would sort of you know get themselves right in between the bottom of the shelf and the and the, the hide so it sort of started to be well do they really need that they never use that i don't know it was very early on me it wasn't until i saw them in darwin um when we were herping there and you know the thing was all the way up in the tree mm. and you know Gavin Bedford's talking to us and he's saying that, you know, he tracked the male for, uh, I think it was like two years. Was it two years old? It was Maybe. part of his it, dissertation. It was, yeah. It was yeah. at least a year that the yeah. thing never came out of the tree, never came out, yeah. never came down at all. And it you know? bred so it all like, the
1: females that, in the area by like going, finding like little branches that led to other trees and it would track its way around the entire botanical garden. So it
2: gardens. would save the tree, but not via the ground
1: yep yep yeah not via the ground it would go from tree to tree yep
2: and i think that's
0: where it clicked for me that it was like okay seeing the animals in the wild observing what they do i'm doing it wrong the animal's not not using what i'm giving it and i'm doing right i'm doing it wrong and need to figure out how to you know make it better so that they will utilize you know what they're supposed to do go up Mm -hmm. you know
2: yeah and so you got that educational piece of knowledge from seeing it in the wild, what I think would probably have made the difference would be a visual barrier. So my girl, the uh, very defensive jungle, um, she sits in this spot in the very corner that's actually out in the open. She can hide, there's plenty of places to hide, but the difference is That's where the bamboo thicket is. So from the back of the cage to the front of the cage, she feels hidden even though she's not jammed under something. Yeah. So I almost wonder in that situation, if you had hanging plants in front of that shelf, perhaps the snake would have felt safe enough to sit there. It may have just been that it felt too exposed sitting on that shelf.
1: I, I like that because um when i built my my wood cages downstairs um i i i kind of balked at the um price of what it would cost to put all glass doors in the front so yeah. i ended up cutting down the sides with wood and that's where one of the basking shelves is and the snake is up there a lot because you're walking by it, you can't see it it's up there it's not tucked in but
2: it's a good yeah. spot. I think so. a big thing is people don't ask the reason why enough. Like, it's like we're trained out of being curious and questioning things. Mm-hmm. It's If you can go, okay, I know that this animal wants to be up high.
3: Right.
2: Why is it not utilizing them? Does it not feel safe? Is it not the right temperature? Is it not big right. enough? Like, right. And, and something... Sw- if, like with shedding, like people, oh, like my snake won't shed. What do I do? I oh, soak it. I oh, inject the rat with water. Do this. Jesus so God. no, you want to know what to do? Work out why it isn't shedding right.
3: Right.
1: <laughs> what's the um? What's the the shed ease? Just spray that on it. Like yeah. what
2: the hell is this crap? <laughs> like it's. But even that. Okay. Why does this work? Because it's rehydrating the skin. Okay. So the reason why your animal is not shedding is because it's dehydrated why is it not why is it not hydrated it's got a water bowl. okay well maybe it doesn't want to drink out of the water for one reason or another maybe
1: scales or once it it requires fresh water all the time or moving water
2: like people like oh yeah i want a big water bowl so we can soak in it and then go oh well he's got heaps of water i'm not going to change it
1: no, 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 I have I have cat litter pans as my water bowls for my white lips, my olive pythons, my uh crebo, and then I have small, like like ferret litter pants, is what they call it for my false water cobra. They they get changed all the time because the snake is in there all the time. They love to soak and drink, yeah. and they need fresh water to do that. They can't just no. Yeah. I
3: think so that's I,
2: where I, I, I went
0: wrong good. with Andrews.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Um, I find the misting, so I've got a misting system on all mm-hmm. of these enclosures that actually runs off my outside tap. I don't have to have a reservoir. <laughs> um, okay. so
3: huh.
2: It comes in the window and uh, has a smart device on the tap so I can control it. That's cool. Uh, And they get a five-minute misting every three days. Every single time, if they're out, they will drink off their bodies and off the leaves.
1: I wanted to get a fogger if I was going to do green trees because I kind of wanted to do a fogger for the rhinos, but they just swim in their water all the damn time. They're like constantly in their water. So I'm like, I don't even – what benefit would you guys have from a fogger? So.
2: Yeah, Maybe. so I run a fogger on my really big enclosure.
1: Okay. Um,
2: and that runs straight from the pond itself with, that's got the running waterfall. Okay. Um, but that is more for the plants than it is for the snake.
1: <laughs> so, do you do. Because I have a mixture of live plants and fake plants because there are certain plants that I like, but I cannot keep alive for the life of me. So I found plastic versions of those plants. So
2: Yeah, I do both. So it looks nice while I work yeah. out what survived.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the ones that I get at the, the hardware store that it's like this thing likes dark and being left alone. Perfect. Like, And then you set up the UV and the little UV that I get in the cages is enough for the plant. But yeah. I can keep a fern alive to save my goddamn life. My ferns hate the
2: heat. I think it's the heat that kills yeah. my I can't keep ferns alive. So all of the ferns in my stuff are fake ferns.
1: I, I found some good fake ferns at Walmart and I just bought the hell out of them and yeah. uh, the craft <laughs> yeah. stores. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, what What do
0: you use um, as far as live plants? Is, is there a go to live plant you use? Uh,
2: now that I've got the For misting carpet? system on, I've got much better success. There's a species of dracaena which kind of looks like bamboo which mm. tends to do really well as long as there's a okay. misting system. It needs high humidity otherwise it just dies. i learned that the hard way. Mm. Okay. Um, Parlour palms and cascade palms seem to do alright. Uh, ficus benjamina does well. And then the creeping figs do well as well. Nice. I think that they're easier to keep alive in bigger setups than smaller setups because you don't end up cooking them.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think you said this earlier, but Joshua had a question real quick. What cage, what would be the dimensions that you would recommend for uh, uh, Carpet Python?
2: Uh, What age? Is the snake.
0: Mm. I'm going to say adult. Let's go with adult. Adult? <clears> throat> um,
2: throat> absolute bare minimum for an adult that hasn't been fed to a ridiculous size. Good. Look at one.
3: <laughs> uh, well,
2: <laughs>
1: um, only ha- I only have one still. All the other ones are gone. But yes.
2: Yeah. Four by four by two as an absolute bare minimum. Okay. Pre- so that's four long, four high, two deep. Uh, okay. preferably four-wide, six-tall, two-deep is better. Okay, But adults, as much as you can possibly give. Honestly, this one next to me is a five-by-six-by-three-deep, and if I could, I'd go bigger.
0: That's I think cool. you sent me a picture just so people get an idea. What size oh, is that?
2: That's the enclosure. That's the one that's yeah. next to me. So, so the... What- the uh, that's the one that my Darwin's in. Okay, and the picture you posted before of him perching on the branch, looking small. Now you can see why he looks small at seven. <laughs> that's
3: very that's, cool. I'm,
1: I, my my dog is asleep right here, and I'm like, "You still breathing?" Because the second he's gone, I'm redoing the living room, to make room for diamonds, and that's the kind of cage I want. Like I want something huge. You, still breathe. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: you know what I think that a lot of people don't take into account? They're like, oh, I don't have the space for bigger. It's like most of the species, even bearded dragons, they mm. climb, like, go All up. All over, yeah. There's so much wasted space up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I understand if your wall's not long enough, because some of these walls aren't long enough to go as big as I want to go. I have considered getting a six-meter-long... Uh, by three-meter-wide shed and just segmenting it yep. into um, big walk-through enclosures and just <laughs> inside the whole shed.
1: But I love that because it's like, you know, and people have, there are cage companies here that people have had these enclosures that are almost like walk-in closets for, but the problem is that what they put in there is like they get mm-hmm. a eight-foot by like, four foot and then they put in an adult croc monitor and it's like, well, the problem is that you took the big enclosure and you shoved a, a much so bigger granite down. in there that, that needs now that you've chosen this animal, it needs more
2: space. Like
1: yeah. rather than <laughs> just a, doing up what you have.
2: There's a guy on Instagram that has a croc monitor and he built an entire room with yeah. like a little mini swimming pool and all of these. It's turned into an entire jungle. And they videoed releasing it and this yep. thing was running and jumping from tree to tree around how this. Cool is that? room.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, like, I'd be in big trouble if I lived over there because we can only have negative <laughs> <major predators. laughs> well, negatives. Like, like, oh, how far can I take this?
1: <laughs> I mean, you'd have to probably live in one of the really warm states because you'd be like, I could totally put this make this shipping container into an enclosure. Yeah. There's, so. there's a
2: guy that's done an entire greenhouse and he's... Yeah. Like he's got a big pond with a glass front with arowana and mm-hmm. peacock bass and he's got dark wow. frogs jumping around and gliding frogs and all of these exotic plants and you know
1: I, I'm 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 glad you're over there because I feel like if you live close to me we would have a very bad very bad mutually exclusive relationship where I would be like I have the guts of this hot tub I need you to make it into something. That I can put, like, a herd of tortoises. Like, no. It would it
2: be very do that at all because yeah. I'd make the Serpentarium happen. Well, exactly.
1: Uh, like I keep saying, Eric <laughs> should drain his pool. You know how many freaking tortoises we could have in there?
0: <laughs> herd of pancake tortoises. Uh, yes.
1: And my Gila monsters. Uh. Yeah. See,
2: it's all they're all right there. So, Yeah. So, I'd, I'd be in big trouble if I could do retics or anything like that because I just wanted <laughs> – do a whole – just buy a warehouse and just deck it out. And it. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
1: That's why That's why I was living vicariously through Ari when he was setting up his thing because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Wow. I put I put glass on that like wing. Oh, yeah. And put it's, something there. It's yeah, it's really, great. Yeah, do it.
2: That's so. the first thing in a long time
1: that's impressed me. Yeah. Yeah, like, that,
2: I'm, yeah. I've got to get out there and see that. It's, yeah. They've done such a fantastic job.
1: I love that
0: kind of stuff. Well – the 2024 Carpet Fest will be yeah. there in yeah. Texas.
1: It's a little bit of a long plane ride for him, though. It's, it's just a, little, a bit. Small,
0: little, little bit of a tough trip, yeah. Of course, it is the same week that I will be leaving for Australia. Exactly, you. <laughs> oh,
1: <wait. laughs> awesome, Charlie. Exactly, you guys keep playing it. Out of a bitch!
0: We'll just switch, yeah.
1: Yeah, if your planes uh, get close, uh, close yeah. enough, you can send that message back and forth, yeah.
0: How do you, so with a, with a tall enclosure like that, what about airflow? I think that, yeah. that a lot of times something that's overlooked, especially when you're humidity and all that kind of stuff, like how, how are you uh, yeah. dealing with that? Right,
2: so let's start at humidity now that I've mentioned that I run misting systems on all right. the bit. People yes. say that carpet pythons and humidity are a bad combination. To me, that's the same as people saying that bearded dragons can't be kept on loose substrate or sand
1: I, I love it when I love when you those things know. come up because it's like oh yes because someone's out there packing down the substrate in the wild like I don't <laughs>
2: Go and watch Verizon's channel and see where he's finding these animals. There's a lot of loose substrate. Oh, no. Can't be there. Uh, Don't worry, friends. I'll save you. Like, back to the concrete. This comes back to people not asking why. Right. Right. Why can't a bearded dragon be on loose substrate? Because it gets impacted. No, don't stop there. Why is it getting impacted? (laughs) What's the next question? Because it's dehydrated. Yes. Because um, you think that there's no humidity in the desert, which there is. It just comes at different times. Start spraying uh, your bearded dragons at in the morning and watch them drink every single time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. By lunchtime,
2: yeah. the humidity disappeared, but it's the animals stay hydrated.
1: Yeah.
2: I because think the thing- in the desert, the humidity spike creates that moisture content.
1: Right.
0: I think the thing with humidity with carpets, at least, I think, I th- some for some reason we have a ten- and I don't know if it's the same in Australia as it is in the states, but it's like if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? And right. for a long time, my feeling has been like, tr- like I feel that like the gener, let's just say the generation before us that 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 sort of start to keep reptiles, where like you said, you had to paint light bulb and all that kind of stuff, and there was no. There's nothing to for reptile keeping. So you sort of had to invent your own stuff. But now we're at a spot where the technology has advanced, but yet the keeping is not advancing as much as the technology is in the man. You can keep carpet pythons at, say, 40 to 50% humidity, but is that the best for them you know what i mean like it, mm-hmm. it, they're still yeah. shed. I, I mean I've, I've had carpets to wear you know back when i was younger and i started just getting into them it was one of the reasons that i got into carpets because like all the other species of pythons that i had specifically had to have those high humidity requirements and when you didn't have them you sort of would run into troubles quicker, right? So mm-hmm. it always felt like carpet pythons were sort of, and I think it was Ryan Demas that said it, that they're sort of bulletproof. And I think what people seem to think is that they can be lazy about keeping them because you're sort of saying this. I, th- I, don't, I don't even think it's intentional. I think it's just that it's like, oh yeah, you don't really have to keep humidity. I didn't have problems. But should we is the question, I guess. Should we be keeping them more? Yeah. It wasn't until I went so, to Australia... And it was like it's it's humid as hell, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know. Yeah. So and that's why to me it's like it's the same as the Vietnam dragon thing. It's like, well, hang on, have you been to Queensland? <laughs> 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 like, right. If you walk right. out of that plane and feel like you've been smacked in the face,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay.
2: But like, not to mention, and I think, you've got carpet pythons in New Guinea that's even more humid than Queensland. Yeah, and I think that so maybe. In- Instead of going, carbon pythons can't handle humidity. Go, why are they not doing well with humidity in captivity? And I can already tell you why. It's the ventilation. Because without yeah. ventilation, you get bacteria growth. Great. Right. And I guarantee that every single time they're getting a respiratory infection, it's due to bacteria, not to the humidity.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. Probably.
2: So, and all of my enclosures have a lot of ventilation. And I have started using and playing around with PC fans to create a higher level of air exchange. Okay. But also big enclosures, less bacteria in a small space.
0: Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the other thing when it comes to humidity is at least here in the States that I've found from talking to people from all over from different spots, right? If you're on the East Coast, let's say you're from Florida, you may not have to do anything for humidity because the humidity is already very high from where you're at as yeah. opposed to somebody that's living in Colorado who has like 1% humidity. <laughs> so you have to compensate where you're at and it's not necessarily like you You might be able to cheat on the East Coast, so to speak, Right. And not have to worry about it, but like definitely going to have to do something about it if you're in the desert, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's what
2: people yeah. keepers in Queensland like—they can keep carpets outside. If carpets couldn't handle humidity, then they'd all be dropping dead outside. Right, <laughs> right,
0: yeah, hundred percent.
2: So, and yeah, it's—I think it's bacterial. I think it was was it was it, was it Justin that said that? Um, he thought he had nido or something going through his collection and had necropsies done that. It turned out it was a fungal infection.
0: Justin Julainer.
2: Mm. Yeah. It was, or it might've been Zach.
0: Maybe it was Zach. One, yeah.
2: One of know. those guys, um, he, yeah, he thought he had nido going through his collection and right. he, uh, all right. So he had a necropsy done. Turned out that it wasn't nido or any of those. It was,
0: A high level
2: of fungal spores in the respiratory system.
0: Yeah, not enough ventilation. Yeah, Yeah. I I think chondros have the same issue, right? It's like, do you spray them? Do you not spray them? And I think, I think for me, the reason that I've always failed at keeping them right is because I think they need even higher humidity, and they need in becoming dehydrated, and that's why you see prolapse and all other things that happen is because they're dehydrated.
2: Yeah, I've gotten back in contact with Russell Grant in the last couple of years and doing green trades now. I've spoken to him a lot about um, the prolapsing issues and and stuff like that. And he said, it's all down to hydration. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the other thing is, going back to what you were saying earlier, like when you have the fog fogger, the sprayer, you know, going that you're seeing those animals drink off their coils. I would imagine that, you know, I haven't been all I, the farthest I've been in Queensland going north is cans. But I can imagine that the humidity is getting <laughs> higher as you're going north.
2: Did yeah. you go to the dime trail? at all?
0: Uh, No, we, no, we went to, um, we went, we were in gelatin, cans, Atherton, um, and we went out to Chilligo, like out in those areas. That's kind of where yeah. we were.
2: Yeah. The tree is really, really beautiful. And, yeah, super high humidity, especially once you get into the rainforest with that many plants. Because you got to think, like, plants are full of moisture and the heat causes that moisture to evaporate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I believe that the issue when it comes to Misting, fogging, and humidity in general with for python is not that in itself. It's what that causes, which is the bacterial growth and yeah. fungal growth. I think that's pretty easy to combat with just adding ventilation. You can learn a lot from chameleon keepers as well because they had to mm-hmm. work out how to make it work because their animals were dropping dead. Right. Yeah. Um. And having a place where the animal can get out of it and can get away from the moisture. So, like, something that I see a lot with two-foot-tall enclosures is they don't have the space to get up and out of where's damp. So, when mm-hmm. I turn the misting on for five minutes and the ground's wet, the animals go up.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Their instinct tells them, don't sit in this.
1: <laughs> don't sit in water. Yeah, it, yeah.
2: If you play God and don't give them that option to be able to follow their instincts, then Mm -hmm. you're going to run into issues. I've been, so obviously I haven't been keeping naturalistically and bioactively for the whole 25 years that I've been keeping, but in the last three years I have been keeping like that. I've never had a single animal need to go to the bed. I've never had mm-hmm. respiratory issues. I've never had scale rot, and I've been misting them like that the whole time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you is, if you're running into issues, don't blame the animal and go the animal can't handle it. Work out why the animal can't handle it because it can handle it in the wild.
0: Yeah. I, I know that some people will argue that you can't recreate your ox. I to your point earlier about finding out like what are those key points, right? It doesn't necessarily have to, you know, like you're saying about you know bamboo and stuff when there's no bamboo where carpets are from, um, at least that I know of. Um,
2: I might mean, probably invasive bamboo out of people's carpets,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but. You know, you're just trying to figure out what what makes the snake a healthy snake, and what does it Mm -hmm. need in order to thrive in that environment, and try to recreate that, and then try to work out those you know those those issues, like you're saying. I think I think that's the other thing, right? Everybody's looking for that cookie cutter sort of Mm -hmm. recipe, like we're baking cakes or something. Like, oh, that's why I kind of think carrot sheets are kind of kind of. I know they're good and bad, right? But the bad thing is, is, I think at least for like, you know, keepers that I know, is sort of like they they just follow this recipe they're not paying attention to our snakes. I remember years ago I talked about this long many times on NPR it's like for the last time we were keeping you're we told pythons need to have a 90 degree hot spot when you're keeping them like and back then we were growing them up in tubs and they would all be pushed against the front of the cage and we're like, oh, I wonder what they are doing." They're in their water bowl. Because they're trying to escape the heat. It's too hot. It's too hot. And you turn yeah. It down to 85, you know, as a basking spot. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're seeing more of them using the ambient back and forth. I mean, I
2: think that is work. an advantage to keeping in bigger enclosures as well, that you get to experience that behavior and try and work out why. Mm-hmm. Like my big guy, he's always had the ability to, bar- uh, to soak in his water bottle. Never done it. And then last year, or no, Mm -hmm. I think it was actually earlier this, no, it was end of last year. He's sitting in his, so I fed him a guinea pig. Mm Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And and then he went on a six-month fast.
1: Yeah, but yeah, okay.
2: Makes sense. And everyone else is getting fed, and he started becoming more active again, and then he was all of a sudden, where is he? And it turned out he was in the pond underneath the waterfall.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I was like, oh, that's weird, considering Man. he's never soaked in his life in the last 23 years. Right. I was like, that, that's strange. I wonder why he's doing that. I pull him out, make sure he's not got mites or anything. I'm like, no, no mites. I was like, all right, put him up on the branch. Next day he's back in the water. It's going on. Remember seeing a photo on iNaturalist of an olive python in a water trough? Okay. And I'm looking at that photo. I'm like, oh, I know why I'll be doing that because it can't chase down a wallaby. So right. he'll sit in the water like and a cockerel <laughs> when that wallaby comes along, has a drink, bang, got himself a meal. So I'm like, well, it's been a while since he's eaten, even though he had a big feed. I wonder if it's in response that he's hungry so i'm like i'll give him a large rat okay and as soon as he smelled that rat so he'd see what his nose looked sort of just about and as soon as that rat came in tongue i was like oh and then bang
1: <laughs> bang yeah
2: grabbed it, dragged it in the pond. I'm like, right now I've got
1: to drain the pond. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Um, which if you're doing water features and big ponds, get a wet dry back. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's yes. Good to know. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, fantastic. Water chase. <laughs> exactly.
0: If you just pull it out. Yeah. Joshua um, in the chat was just asking about, do you do uh ponds and waterfalls in your enclosures? Uh,
2: uh, so, yeah, the big enclosure's got a pond and a waterfall. The nice. smaller ones don't. Um, they've just okay. got water bowls that are fed by the misting system. Gotcha. Okay. So they get fresh water. Um, if I'm not doing a pond or a water feature, then I'd prefer a smaller water bowl um, just so they get that constant change of water. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes it easier to clean.
1: If I ever have to when, – when I have to break down the rhino cage, I'm putting a waterfall in again because yeah. it's one of those – like I'm not doing it right now. It would be way too much. But if I'm already going to have to rebuild it, hell yeah, I'm going to add a waterfall and stuff like that because it
2: would be <laughs> My cool eventual one. aim is to have water features in all of them.
1: Nice. Yeah.
2: Because that's the other thing. Um, find them, where, where do you find them in the wild? Along creek and river systems. Yeah. Well, yes. It, it's also cool. In
0: like, the trees. That are along With, the um, creek.
1: <laughs> With some so of the guys got, that uh, I got, they like to hunt the fish and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like have a cool kind of water feature, couple of minnows in there. And every once in a while, if they're hungry, go snag a fish. And it'd be kind of cool to see that. But you know, you got to make oh. sure the fish will live. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I
2: want to do one that's got, instead of a substrate dam, has a shallow fish tank in the front. Oh, farm. yeah. Yes. Oh, and nice. try those. Okay. See if I see any different behavior with that. Um,
1: um, I'm, he's, my, I'm blank. The Mertens. Um, god damn it, uh, Mike's Mike, 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 Mike Mike monitor. Um, Mike's yeah. monitors. Who does the? Uh, he has the Mertens monitors, and he has a a viewing window. So when they're underwater and stuff like that, and you know, he can see all that stuff that they do when they're swimming. And,
2: and something cool with there. him that I think was like i don't keep monitors but i still Mm. watch his content because i find people like him that think outside the box really really useful Mm -hmm. um, and try and implement same with like the venomous like giving them somewhere higher to focus on rather than focusing on you right Um, right and one of the things that he does is he's got a hollow log with holes drilled in it above water and he said he did that because the babies, like he's like I had this theory that the babies would sit in trees above water. So if a predator came, they could bail.
1: Jump in the water. Yep, yep.
2: Jump in the water and go. And then it sort of made me think, well, there's a kid here called Miller Wilson that does a lot of survival videos and goes up bush all the time. And he finds carpet weapons all the time. But unlike <laughs> the Herb channels and stuff, he's not just road cruising. He's like deep rainforest, walks in and, um, I remember a lot of them are on logs that are going over the rivers. I was like, all right, yeah. well, why are they there? Like, they're not there for food because they're too small. It's a like, lot of so them. There. I was like, I wonder if it's a safety thing. And, like, he's got footage of some of them bailing off the side of these logs into the rivers.
1: That's what a lot of the water snakes do around here. They're usually <laughs> the creek, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to get close to this, and I'll take a pip And it's in yeah. the water.
2: Mango snakes in in Asia, there's a lot of stuff like that. If you sort of think outside the box, I've heard a lot of people that are keeping Carpet Pythons in tubs, if they've got a perch, they find it a lot easier to get the Carpet Python eating because the Carpet Python's in a spot that it feels safe. It's up high. So Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of recognizing the prey as a predator, because they're on the ground, mm-hmm. they go. No, I'm safe. So it must be something to
1: eat. Right, right. It's you know. I think my first clutch was like they had the water bowl, and they had like I I I, I want to say they had some kind of a hide, and that was it. And it's like and now it's like they have the hide, which I've made sure takes up this much space and has this much depth, and can be used to sit on top. They have perching. Um, if that doesn't work, then we'll add moss and stuff. Like there's all this kind of stuff that can kind of pr- – that progresses to be like – if once they feel comfortable, that's when they will start eating.
2: So yeah. I'm do as much a, as I can. You want to be a good keeper, work out what makes your animal feel safe.
1: Right, right. And, and what prey item they want. I'm just like, here, I'll give you whatever you want. Just – I'm, I'm, taking leaf, I'm taking he's a there's lizard I've taken a leaf
2: out of your book and I'm just feeding all random stuff like, Whatever, I, found a, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I found a poultry breeder um that comes into work, and I was talking to him and he's like I've mentioned how you were getting the eggs with the the embryo yeah, I, have,
1: I yeah i have a i thought out a couple of those. This week, I found out that I have quail eggs that have little baby quails in them, and then I have quail mm. eggs that don't. And I'm like, all right, yeah. these with the little baby quail, you are far too important to be fed to these these false water cobra. <laughs> like, yeah, these garbage disposals, leave, whatever. Like, no, 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 no. Like, these need to be over here. I'm going to go to the store, and I'll get you your quail eggs. Like, forget you guys. He's so. got
2: quail, but we've had a crappy season, so he hasn't had that much. Mm. Um, but mm. he's also got... Ducks and chickens. Yes, okay. so, do you yeah. find do you find that when they grab them that yolk goes everywhere?
1: I have not fed out. I mean, I've I fed button quail babies, and I felt fed like the ones where I crack out of the egg. I didn't see yolk or stuff go everywhere. I did every once in a while. You do have it where they grab it with gusto, and the you know out, insides become out. Um, but that'll happen. <laughs> all the time like i had a I had a bread shred a mouse last week and i'm like why dude like you're you're a two-year-old you're beyond this crap
2: like come on yeah. um <laughs> no what but... i found is that the um the chicken embryos they've still got the yolk sac great okay <laughs> um yeah and i belt them and it's just yolk in all directions <laughs> great <It's>, um <laughs>
1: my uh mike Curtin gave me a bunch of trout and I fed that to one of my carpet pythons, my big female. And because I, you know, I was out of rats that size. And I'm like, let's see. She took it, but she hit it so hard that when she constricted it, it just exploded. That's so awesome. there was fish all over oh. her cage from floor to ceiling. She's covered in trout blood. I'm covered in trout blood. There's spots <laughs> on the ceiling. And I'm like, Never fucking again. We're never doing this again. So now when I feed fish is I cut it into small chunks and yeah, leave I it there. Like this, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not Chuck like no, that was was bad. That was a bad day. <laughs> so- that would have been a, a hell of a cleaning joke. <laughs> it was because it's like I have to sit here and wait for her to finish <laughs> eating the parts of fish that are still attached to what she's got. And then I have to pull her out, clean everything, clean her. And, of course, at this point, she's switched on. So she's ready to, like, tear into me at this point because I smell like a fish. So, it was great. It
0: was yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome.
2: Um, also, um, i, I want to turned on. So if anyone's asking questions that I'm not answering, that's
0: why. <laughs> that's yeah,
1: fine. Um, We're trying to catch to as many. Up. There's a couple to, people who uh, – Um, to
0: get it through there but i wanted to to, we were talking about ventilation real quick and i wanted to just like i saw this picture and you know to me this is something that's purposely done right that this is what you're doing for ventilation in the cage and yes
2: a lot of builders are just doing this single row we've gone for double Mm -hmm. to create more ventilation i
1: like Mm -hmm. that there's ventilation at the top and the bottom
2: Yeah, so that's to create that chimney effect where the hot air rises and draws air in from the bottom.
1: Oh, that's cool. Because normally you just see, I mean, normal cage companies just come and they're all along the top or something like that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we see some where they'll just do like a bigger sort of wall vent on the top. Um, I'm not a fan of that mostly because it gets in the way of my backgrounds, but. um, (laughs)
1: It's part of it, yeah.
2: (laughs) But, yeah, like we, other than, like, ExoTerra and a couple of others, we don't really have mesh top enclosures. And most people that try and keep in mesh top enclosures run into issues of them not holding enough temperature. Right. Um, So I think that's a pretty easy way to solve. You just block off part of the mesh, not all of it. Part of it, right? This, um, yeah, you, you do all of it, then you've got no ventilation. You're going to run into bacteria issues. Um, but yeah, we we do the side vents unless it's a case of a three-sided background. And if it's a three-sided background, then we do a row of vents, sort of up the side okay. and and down the other side, or along the um, front. That, that top plinth and the bottom okay, plinth.
1: Okay, that'll have it. Okay.
2: So it'll gotcha. go that way. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it depends on the on the layout um, of the enclosure. Gotcha. Wow. So that one yeah, there the that you brought up, I- that was a bearded dragon setup.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. That's a nice bearded dragon um, setup. You it's think? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's well, not – it. I'm glad it wasn't on the AstroTurf carpet, like, you know, with a hammock in there. That's great.
2: Yeah. Here's a fun one for you. The um, the guys that I work with, they have one of their bearded dragons that has allergies. So any loose substrate and its eyes just become inflamed and it gets all, like, snotty and so they have to keep really? it on AstroTurf.
1: Wow. I've never.
2: It's AstroTurf oh, or um, or
3: newspaper,
2: and AstroTurf wow, coin. So they just every couple of days pull the AstroTurf out, pressure wash it, put it back in.
1: That's so cool.
0: I think that just goes to your comment earlier about knowing, you know, individual animals. We talked today about the albino carpet, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera, to where you know if if you see a problem. To, the thing you keep hitting on through the whole show, and I'm picking up on it, is why is that happening, and yeah. I'm trying to fix it from there. You know,
2: this enclosure um, that you've up. got up now—that's a Aki enclosure. I was—I was hoping
1: wow. you were going to say that. That's so cool.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. So that's got a really deep substrate thing, and in that front bit where you can sort of see the. Um, the sandy looking bit that's a cover to a burrow There's a burrow system down in there, and there was a front panel that kind of comes off the outside with a window so you can see into it
1: ah uh, it's so cool okay now do you what what kind of um what is this the ledge made out of Because I know we had a couple people on that have larger monitors and they had to go to something heavy like a concrete because the monitors are just carving up whatever else they put in there.
2: Yeah, so I use the XPS foam that we talked about, the insulation foam, yeah. to mm-hmm. carve the shape. And then, if it's a, a something like a lights monitor,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'll cap the top of the shelves anywhere that it's going to grab onto with a oh, layer my. of thicker cement. Okay. Um, that also acts as a heat sink, so the heat will soak into that and create mm-hmm. that more natural basking experience because they're getting the heat from above and below right Um, or i just do extra coats of the tile pointing um the way i'm doing it now making the thicker more carvable coating i can go much thicker with it at a lower cost so that's eliminating a lot of the issues of durability that's cool
0: wow that's a beautiful enclosure man i love that it's like uh
2: Look
0: the at all the amount, ledges.
2: I mean, it's not falling that short on me. That was like a six-foot long by four-foot tall by two-and-a-half deep, I think.
0: I put a Brettles Python right in there, man. I mean, Holy but
1: man. look at all the little rock <laughs> crevices and stuff for the Yakis. Yeah, like, I can man. see one could be jammed right deep. in that one back there. Like, it's perfect. And I love the burrow thing
2: idea. Yeah, and there's the a lot roughs- of big, deep crevices and and stuff to yeah. so support that natural behavior. That's
0: awesome. I, I just want to make note of your attention to detail with that background, man. Like the just the way that you've painted it. I'm assuming you've painted it, right?
2: That's Yeah, that's, yeah it's about oh, 600 layers of paint. Jesus. <laughs> <shit, man>. <laughs> what, what I do with a lot of them, and I actually got this from Model Train dioramas is i will water down the paint and drip it down the surface and then water it down and let it dry and then do another layer and another layer and the more layers you get the more variation of um of tones and texture you can get and then to get the dark water marks coming down i did a really dark wash so i watered down black paint and then i got a sprayer with just water in it and Mm -hmm. deleted sections by just spraying away that black and that, that created the water um weathering
1: that's so cool and I love that you were like, I got it from model trains where it's like, I, you're like, I told you, I watched the video and it was the model train guy.
2: You know, well what a lot of people don't realize is that I'm a massive nerd and I'm right into like Dungeons and Dragons yes. and played play Warhammer for a long time. And you make all of your own terrain Ministers. and stuff. Yep. So right. I learned a lot of my painting techniques from that. Um, and then I was watching the, First person I saw make backgrounds was Cam's custom backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, who, his yeah, his stuff's amazing. Uh, it's a shame that he's backed right off and has, doesn't really do much anymore. But um, well, when I was watching him do it, I was like, "This is the exact same as what we do with Warhammer." I was okay. like, "Just on a bigger scale." Mm-hmm. So that was right. what inspired me to go. Well, hang on, I can I can make this myself. Because I couldn't afford Universal Rock.
1: No, no.
2: And like, which is funny because now I'm at about the same price point as Universal Rock. But but that's why I went the DIY route was because I couldn't afford to do it. So even if you're, you're looking at this and go, I'd love to do it, but I can't afford to pay someone to do it, give it a go. Mm. try and try doing yourself so there is heaps and heaps of videos out there on how to do it they're not from me because i don't want to delete the need for myself in the industry <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if you want to learn how to do it the resources are there just do the research and give it a go
0: have, have you found that your style has um I mean, I'm sure you've improved on certain things that you've learned from doing this multiple, you know, it's just like with anything, doing it over and over and over again, you're going to, you know, learn better ways to do things, better techniques, better ways to make it more, seem more real, um, Mm -hmm. et cetera.
2: Yeah. I'm a little bit ADD and don't do the same thing for too long. So my Way of doing it is constantly evolving. I'm constantly trying different products. Um, gotcha. I went from using normal paint to making my own paints, working out how to do that, just using pigments and di- different glues, different sealants. Uh, so when I started, I was carving it into the, all the detail into the foam. Now I'm carving the basic detail into the foam, coating it up and carving the details out of the coating itself. Oh, okay. i find creates a much more realistic texture to the rock um but a lot of it's through like studying how to thicken cement um using different cement based products like um you, you probably don't have it do you guys have uh rendering over there it's uh Mm. protein that they put over the bricks to create a smooth sort of seamless finish and then they do it in all different colors
1: maybe um
2: i don't know i don't know so it's very very popular here because you can make an old shitty house look like brand new
1: i bet you (laughs) we do then because we have a lot of old (laughs) shitty houses
2: it's kind of like stucco um was what um dylan said that they had in in canada Um,
0: Mm -hmm. okay
2: so i started playing around with that because that's got to be potable because it's the water's running off the walls into your drainage and then into your water tanks yeah and then i'm using non-toxic sealants on top of that just to be even safer um but yeah i'm constantly evolving how i'm doing it yeah
0: yeah, I would imagine so. Um what's your feeling on substrate? Like what's your what's your approach to that?
2: So I all of my stuff's bioactive, depending on what your definition of bioactive is. Um I run cleanup crews not to clean up after the animal, but to keep uh fungus and bacterial levels down.
3: Okay. Um
2: because as things break down, there is going to be bacteria there. Um, so, yeah, I, just, I focus on the, the ventilation and the cleanup crew to take care of the excess. Um, the substrate mix that I do is a completely custom substrate that mm-hmm. I, I mix up myself. It is loosely based on like a, um, an orchid bark soil that you would grow okay. orchids because they need high drainage and you don't want the water soaking the substrate to the point that it's going stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly checking because the different size enclosures dry out at different rates. So I'm constantly checking to make sure that it's not getting too saturated. Um, oh then God. I do moss and leaf litter on top so the soil underneath can be moist enough that it's feeding the plants. But if a snake sits on top, it's not sitting in water. It's not sitting in something that's going to be harmful.
0: Okay. Okay. Are you doing uh, – I noticed that you were talking about moss. Is that what you have going on on these shelves? You're just laying yep. down some moss? Yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. that's that's all moss jammed into the, the edges and – and corners and stuff, um, the spot on the left-hand side that you first pointed to, I've, mm-hmm. there's a crevice down yet yeah, in there, there's a crevice down the back of that that I've jammed two creeping fig plants and then covered them in moss. So when the misters go off, that moss soaks up all the water and feeds the plants the moisture they need. And they're on oh. kind of like absolute wildfire. Wow. So the moss can be used to create uh, little microclimates, if you will, to provide a more humid area. Um, his hide has moss in it, so if he ever has a bad shed, I can spray down inside his hide, uh, which you can't see. On the right-hand side, you see the hanging fur? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That right covers the front of his hide.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Okay. So it's similar to like uh, your approach to doing the hide box would be, is similar to what you were doing with the uh, monitor's cage where you had the, 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 the uh, cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. So he's got a big, deep hole that goes right down under one of the shelves. And then instead of putting a lid on it, I've just hung plants over the front of it.
1: That's okay. cool. Because then it's like and- he's got the cover just going
0: in. Yeah. <laughs> I would wonder, have you ever, uh, I, I, like if you were going to breed in an enclosure like this, I wonder where they would use to lay. I, I wonder where they would go.
1: I mean, you, yeah. you, you'd think that she would
2: go there, but I, I... I think she'd probably go on the ground, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: someplace. Because you said the, the snake catches, and that they're always finding them in like compost heaps and... Mm. Yeah. And stuff like that. So and now they <laughs> the, the plan is to um, breed eventually, but I'm not in a rush. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I bet if you, put in, if you put enough mulch and leaf litter down there, she'd just go under that and she'd be happy as a clam
2: there. Yeah. So. I'd probably be, if I was going to try and breed in that setup, I'd probably mm. just dump a heap of leaf litter and stuff in. Yep. And, um, yeah, let them decide. I, I would probably go the maternal incubation route. Oh, 100%. Because um, I think it would be interesting to to see what they choose.
0: Yeah, well, I would they, be curious be- if, like, she would leave the eggs during the time, you know, like, yeah. because if you're breeding them in a tub or a smaller cage, they sort of, you know, some of them do leave, some of them don't. Why do they? Why don't they? You know, are they, is she going to go up and bask? You know, is that something that they're my, doing in the my wild? Female was,
1: my female was clockwork every morning. She's yeah. out, she's basking, she's back on the eggs. Every evening, she's out, she's basking, and then she's back on the eggs for um the overnight. It's like it was <laughs> like clockwork.
2: <laughs> when I she was this doing what, that, did you have hate during the day and not hate at night?
1: Um, We have the heat comes on in the morning and then it kind of rises and peaks around noon. And then it drops, and then it'll kind of go to. Won't necessarily turn off. It'll just go down to a, I think seventy. Um, yeah. And then whatever my snake room like is, um, there will be kind of some lower points, especially now. I'll I'll let that um, safety net kind of drip, um, and then depending on how the weather is outside, is how low the room gets. But at that point, we were in like, um. I would say we're in like spring, so it should not have been getting down too far, but she wanted to make sure she was on them um, when the sun went down. So I think she was just yeah. trying to soak up that last little bit of heat. You got, um, you know, how like many
2: that. of your carpets do you have in enclosures, not in tubs? All my adults. All your adults. So do you notice that when your heat comes on in the morning, they're sitting in that spot waiting oh, for it? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. When, I, when I come out for when I come down, I do I call them AM checks because some of my lights don't turn on on a timer, which I'm like, I kind of enjoy being able to put eyes on snakes. So I don't fix yeah. that. So I come in and turn them on and you can kind of see everybody's out and they're on top of their bins or they're on their shelves and they're waiting for the heat panels to turn or at least like they're starting to ramp up because some of the panels have the little LED light to tell you they're on. And they'll just be out there ready. They ramp up. And then if I come back down around noon, one o'clock, I can't find anybody. Everybody's gone. Everybody's warmed up. And now they're in a hide. They're up in a ceiling thing. They're back in a crevice somewhere. They're all doing that, Um, which is cool because like these guys are the exact opposite. You will not see a rough scale Python until the lights turn off, Um, but they will be up in their ceiling hides Nice and warm and hidden all day. So,
0: yeah, yep. <clears throat> I'm just leaving this picture up here because just it just see makes
1: it. me happy. <laughs> just want to look. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it just it makes the thing me all happy. All about that picture is that you can miss the snake to start with. Yeah, if you're not paying yeah. attention.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: man. And you'll notice what yeah. I was saying earlier about them being wedged. um, between two surfaces he's wedged uh-huh. between one
0: of the vines and that branch that he's sitting on hmm. oh okay yeah that was so the one thing that i noticed on two sides. okay i noticed um that was another thing that i noticed when i that's all the carp wild carpets is that they sort of perched uh, multiple points of contact, sort of like what you would see with uh, an Amazon tree boa type of thing, rather than just like the chondro pose where it's sort of draped. I know this one, one is kind stick, of draped, yeah. but it's, you know, it's just like whoop, one stick. That's all you get.
2: I don't think like when to- you, you yeah. pulled up that picture earlier of one of my younger ones and she's just hanging on a vine. Like, mm. And that's what I mean. It changes but with, with the age. Like it changes when they're smaller, they don't seem to mind hanging out on a vine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like, i'll provide both branches and vines and they would prefer to be on the vine than on the branches but once they get to a certain size they just yeah that one there yeah yeah
3: once oh, yeah. they
2: get to a certain size they're just like no nah. no more vines more branches God,
0: that's a nice that is a nice jungle man
1: <laughs> and it, it makes sure everyone that is not a jaguar so, check
2: out um, so she was produced by a guy named Philip England. Um, oh, his yeah, page, mm-hmm. his page is Stone Dead yeah. Reptiles. I've got i so got a younger brother as
0: well. Cool, okay, I'm always oogling at his uh carpets,
2: <laughs> he does some of the um, best reduced patterns stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's a really nice, nice, beautiful um. Okay, well, w I guess so. I guess my last question for you, and then you can maybe hit on whatever you want as closing. But um, where do you see um, the evolution of reptile keeping? Do you do you see it becoming
2: well, more if, of this? If we get our way, and no, not if. When we get our way, and we we open our showroom slash store, I'm hoping that that is going to push people to up the standards of of what's being supplied. You shouldn't have to go and find someone custom online to get something that's suitable for an animal that's sold so readily.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. But you've got lace monitors being sold in reptile shops and there's not a single enclosure in there big enough. Yeah. There's no outdoor enclosures that are being sold off the shelf for them and we get the way well, you can keep them outside down here. We get them wild down here. And yet right. barely anyone keeps them outside because you have to Jerry rig a bird Avery.
1: Right. To keep it dinosaur <laughs> where it should be. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know about you, but I don't like the idea of running electrics through a fully metal structure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or outside. Like, you know, I, I, I always talk about wanting to keep diamonds and stuff outside, but I think I'd be a nervous wreck leaving my snakes outside for, if it was like an, an enclosed porch, I'd feel better about it. But like, God, I'd be nervous. So Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I'd like to say that. Hopefully if we can start making it easier to, mm-hmm provide more we're already seeing like a massive shift in bigger enclosures. like i'm currently working on a background for a six by four nice and the next one i've got to start is an eight by four for olives like we've got more and more people going bigger and bigger with last year was my first ever expo that i've ever been to and i decided that vending it was going to be fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how long? So, how long were you in it before you realized that was uh, not as fun as you? Well,
2: thought? Well, luckily I was there with friends, but okay. it took me a little while to set in. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I, the people that I work with that do the enclosures, I tagged onto their stall, and um, but yeah, that was a blast. Like I met um, Peter Birch, Dingo Dinkelman, all those guys, and mm-hmm. got chatting sure. to them, and well, it was such a great experience. I made a lot of really good friends through that and then the vhs of the victorian herpetological society hold meetings every couple of months um and they're they're the ones that run that expo um so i've managed to stay in contact with everyone really easily and um, oh, cool yeah so just more awareness of putting out more awareness of what's possible mm-hmm. but i'm very much like There's so much bullying and stuff in the industry online and in the Facebook groups. Like, if you don't like the way someone does something, instead of mouthing off and bagging people out, show how it can be done better. Lead by example. Like, especially when you guys are under so much threat from getting shut down by the animal rights activists and, and all the rest of the crap. Like, acting like a bunch of high school kids, arguing, calling each other's names, fucking like infighting, all of that crap. All you're doing is making it look like you really shouldn't have these animals.
1: It there's, It's really hard to make an argument that we should be able to have these things when it's, like, at least twice a year, they're like, what, like, released alligator found it in some random-ass pond. It's like, gee, like, come on, man. Like, I love There's so
2: many, like, I know, like, Tyler and Chandler and all of them, they cop a lot of flack because they take risks that don't need to be taken, but like, how many people have a walk-in zoo quality enclosure for their animals? They're also doing it and going to a lot of lengths that people aren't going to to keep their animals in ways that should be more common. If you're keeping gigantic animals, you should be putting in that effort. And I understand why they cop the flag because they're setting a bad example, but they're also saying don't do what we do. They've got warnings at the front of all of their things, and yet everyone idolizes Steve Irwin, and I can tell you right now that we were getting the exact same comments from my parents watching Steve Irwin as what I yep. hear about those guys. Yeah.
3: It's
2: like, oh, he's an idiot. He's going to get himself killed doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can you idolize one person for doing that and then roast another? And the only excuse that people seem to have is, oh, well, yeah, but it's different because they're doing it for YouTube likes. The only thing that's changed is the platform, platform of what's right. doing. Do you think Steve Irwin would have been running around doing that if no one was watching the TV show?
1: That's the thing where it's like, I it feels like because it was on television that somebody somewhere said that it's okay. And it's like, but like where there there's a little bit of a disconnect because I'm not sure if everybody said it was okay. So it's And I think
2: the fact that, like, they show how bad it can go wrong. Yeah. Like, I I don't think I'd like to get bit by a cobra in the middle of Africa.
1: No. No, I (laughs) don't think I'd like to do that. No.
2: So I think think showing what can go wrong, it's not all fairy tales, it's not all easy. They're constantly saying this is extremely risky, don't do it. Um, And, yeah, sure, they're choosing to do it, but – if you don't agree with that and you don't think that should be put out there, then make the effort to put out there footage of how to handle a ten foot king cobra with hooks. Yeah. Because There's when Chandler got it, all he managed to do was piss the snake off.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. To the point yeah, that no. he's like, fuck it, like I'm more likely to get bit pissing him off with these hooks than I am free handling him.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't freehand cobras because of I reason. don't do venomous <laughs> because I can't, <laughs> yeah.
1: I get bit by pythons too often. And yeah, no, I'd rather yeah. not. So. I get what you're yeah, saying not. though, it's
0: like people people aren't consistent with their their belief, they don't be, they'll give this one a pass, but they this person's doing the exact same thing and they don't get it passed. But yeah, right. I will tell Just you, that a lot of people, have
2: a personality online, what
0: yeah. I think there's a lot of people, well, at least that I know that would give me shit for even you know, they'll say, Ah, oh, Steve Irwin was the same way. That's bullshit. you know, so at least the people that I'm around are pretty kids. Cons- Wouldn't you say Owen? They're usually stuck. I, mean, you
1: know. I, I mean I mean I I like to try to not I try to like to call We're everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to it's like yeah. it's the same thing of like I don't believe feral cats should be allowed out. What about the pythons? I don't think they should be there either. Like I yeah. you don't get a pass just
2: because you're you yes, think I've I got, would like you. Yeah, I've got yeah. two cats and they're indoor cats.
1: Yeah, it's like I don't yeah, it, it's like people will constantly try to find something to say, like, well, what about this? And I am usually the guy who's like it? they suck hate too. It. Like I don't
0: I hate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's,
2: it's like funny funny you know, what about this just lead by example. Like my whole business was leading by example, posting pictures of what I'm doing and now more people want to do it. Right. So if you want to make change and not look like a bunch of high school kids fighting all the time, just put good content out there. Yeah.
3: Put, yeah, put
2: you know, good examples out there. Like the more attention you're putting on what you don't want people to do, the more likely people are going to see it and do it.
0: Yeah. I think that we came up podcast you know was like there was so much misinformation about carpet pythons and chondros and you know just keeping them all the questions that we've talked about throughout the show and it was like well i can either complain about this or we can just talk to people that have you know more experience than we do with it and sort of you know put put you know both sides of the argument out there and you sort of make your own decision on you know of, yeah, of where you want to go or what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know. But
2: and I think like, people worry too much about, about what other people are doing. Well. What's that? You can easily get messed up by a carpet python. There was that snake catcher oh, yeah. a couple of years back that ended up in <laughs> oh, hospital man. because the big toaster lit him up and severed his arteries.
1: Uh, I was watching. Um, yeah, I was watching this one yeah. snake catcher who was he got an olive and it bit him and he actually got like some kind of like it nicked one of the veins Fended in his damage. hand. Uh, well, his, oh, like, yes, his hand I know was exactly
2: just, what you're talking about. Was his a hand was
1: blowing was Glowing up, and he's like, Every time I handle these, I get one of these. I'm like, One of what? What is going on? Like, Giant hematoma on the back. I'm like, of the stop window. touching it if this happens. Like, it's. But, oh, God. The wrong it's end. giant hematoma. <laughs> and I'm looking at my olives. So I'm like, You guys are pretty much the same size. Like, yeah, I don't want to. the guy that
2: was keeping
1: outside, yeah? Oh, you, okay. No, <laughs> please, no. Uh,
2: yeah, there was one of those guys who was keeping outside in big outdoor enclosures. And if he got nailed, same thing happened.
1: Mm, mm, no, I mean, Man. it could happen. I'm not getting rid of my olives, so yeah, but uh fun stuff
2: yeah you yeah. just have to the, the things that i'd worse. like to see change i'd like to see the standards go up in a realistic way because mm-hmm. whenever people that are not in the industry try and put things in place it's just completely unrealistic yeah right um, and if things have to be flat packed to be the size that they need to be then we need to work with that and i i want to see more people leading by example instead of bitching about each other
1: yeah yeah
0: I agree with that one.
2: Because we don't, we don't,
1: because at the end of the day, either we all work together or we'll all not have our shit together. So, yeah, that's either way, it's going to be that. And
2: the funny, the funny thing is, like, I was thinking about this earlier today because I really want to push this more. The more that I get out there is like, we've got to stop this bullying bullshit. But, it's not actually them that is going to be affected. Like you can bag out Tyler and Chandler all you want; they're on zoo permits. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay,
3: yeah,
1: the
2: average keepers are going to get shut down, and they're going to be able to keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: but they're not as likely to shut down a zoo because zoos pay taxes.
1: Yeah,
0: they have all this
1: stuff. <laughs> right. <themselves>. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's always the money, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, one hundred percent.
1: We need a zoo, yeah. I can do whatever that's I want. Yeah. <laughs>
0: back to the Back to back the, to the, back to the Yep.
1: Yes. So oh,
0: that's that's awesome. That's good stuff. If people want to follow you, where where can they go? How can they stay up to?
2: Well, i I'm, I'm on everything uh, except for Snapchat. Okay. Okay. And I'm not on Twitter either. Um, but I'm on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and we're about to launch a website as well, which cool. my aim for the website and the store once that happens is I want it to be a resource and for getting things, but as at the same time, I want it to be an education center because I think there needs to be more education out there um, and not just people, like the photographers and stuff are great, but they're putting the snakes in beautiful spots so they can get a good photo.
3: Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> they're not.
2: They're not showing. I
1: I can I can one hundred percent say yes. that that is something that may happen. Yes.
2: And the thing is, even if the snakes found in a pile of trash, if you can look at that pile of trash and go, "Okay, why is that there?" and yeah. Think, break it down and think, okay, well, look at carpet pythons in roots, right? They're up there right. because it's got a high ambient, which we know they can survive. in. sure, it might not be the best source of heat, but it's also an extremely low risk source of heat. Right. Right. There's rats, mice, and possums, mm-hmm. hence, the coastal is getting gigantic because they're eating massive meals. Mm-hmm. And then got it readily available and there's zero threat to them. There's no birds, there's no monitors, there's no dogs, mm-hmm. cats. So instead of going we should be keeping them like they're in a roof. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you didn't break it down every enclosure should either look like a road at night <laughs> Or a roof space in Queensland. What was there? Was
1: something which said I finally got my naturalistic setup and it was an exoterra and it had like a beer can that was crushed in one corner oh, yeah, and a went. bunch of other garbage. And it was like, perfect. <laughs> my snake's going to love it. Like it's. Uh,
2: yeah, um, I think we need to sort of break things down and identify why they're there. Right. And seeing them where people are finding them, that's why I really like Miller Wilson's content is because he will lie down in a bush somewhere to get the footage rather than grabbing the snake and moving somewhere with it.
3: Right.
1: Agreed. We kept finding snakes under this one plastic bowl that somehow kept coming into our car with us places. That's, it was weird how that kept happening. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, when uh, you uh, guys uh, found the Owen uh, what was the habitat in that area like? It was a rock <laughs> with a tree. It,
1: looked it was nice a very, very, very to... large rock with some paintings on it. Uh, um, this enclosure. And, uh, then it had a lot of vegetation, and the, it was sticking from. Uh, it was sticking up high because it went straight from the rock over into the tree. And yeah. then it kind of coiled up and was just trying to ace bats. But the rest of the area around. Looked um, like that. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, the, the, like the rocks. That's bridges, what it looked like. Cracks. Yeah. That but it went Pelly-sized. So, um, but there so was yeah, we were all the, the way
0: at the bottom of the enclosure. Yeah. And the we were, tree the was little all dots the way down the here. Yeah. Like that. Um, and that was coming out
1: there was a lot of ground cover because I remember when we lost it, we were running around and it was about like ankle high vegetation because later we were like, so death adders, those are a thing. And we probably shouldn't have been running around in like all
2: that. But, um, so if you were to take from the area that you observed, if you were to break it down and make an enclosure out of those aspects, what would you put in that enclosure?
1: Mm. High perching, lots of cover up high.
0: Yeah, it definitely has to have height to it. I think rock that crevices you have to have rock crevices.
1: Yeah, lots of them.
0: I would um, imagine though that the rock crevices are probably there because they're trying to escape the heat. smoldering heat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it it it, it could potentially use the burrow like setup if you kind of did the rock crevice to almost look like it would go down someplace. Um, but I mean, it would climb too. like, it would climb like rock and tree too. So it would kind of be like all over the place. So it'd it's have to huge. be pretty complex. Yeah. I mean, a lot of aspects from your carpet enclosure with like maybe some larger rock, um, outcroppings and stuff like that. So,
2: but was not there too any far was it like carpets in the aspect of, was there any water nearby creeks or
1: um, no. um no there wasn't
0: so, so well, more dry. yeah it was drier it was in kakadu basically yeah kakadu so, um yeah there was so, so the interesting thing about that is like you know we, we would walk around the area and at, at the higher up of the mountain it was drier but then there was these little gullies that we would kind of walk down into um i remember i have a picture of it somewhere um, I'll send it to you. But um, mm. it was there, there was water coming off of something somewhere, but it was dripping down the rock.
3: Yeah, there's yep. a lot of
0: plant life down there, a lot of like plants there and was ones and all kind of stuff I growing wonder in that area. If
2: they would benefit more from like a misting system that recreates that running water down a surface Maybe. than a water bottle. Because if Maybe. there was no standing water, then where are they getting their hydration?
1: There were a couple places where you would kind of go in to ro- the rock and the temperature would be high and then the second you'd come into it it would just bomb. So I would
0: wonder I would wonder if in those rock crevices that they're going into if there isn't some type of water some sort of
1: water in there inside yeah. Yeah, those like, caves I'm never, I'm, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, the, the one thing
3: things,
0: so- the one thing I did notice in Jill ago, right, similar environment uh, to a to certain extent, but um, we would be, and again, this is why I, I preach that if you want to learn about the animal that you keep, go to its habitat and spend some time in the habitat. Even if you don't see the snake, at least you're going to have an understanding of what's going on. But, uh, be-
2: but again, if you can't see the snake, ask what? Where is that snake? If you can't right. see what doesn't right. it like
1: about what's happening? We went to Texas yep. and it was freezing cold. Didn't find a single old turn up. Why? Probably didn't
0: yep. like it. Yeah. It was, a, it was close to 100 degrees outside of those caves. Going into yep. the caves, you had, I don't know, it was close to 80 degrees. So you're looking at a 20 degree difference between and that, outside those caves and inside those caves.
1: And that was when the yep. sun was up. The sun went down, yeah. it was cooler outside, and it was even colder inside those caves. Yeah. It, got, it yeah. bombed.
2: Uh, Real quick, uh, another one that you had was about cohabbing. If you're going to cohab any animal, you need to provide twice as much of the resources. Yes. And, again, why are you You cohabbing? If you're cohabbing to try and save space, then don't do it. (laughs) Because you need the resources. You need two different basking zones. You need two lots of hiding spaces, minimum. Mm -hmm.
1: What I don't understand is that cohabbing to save space doesn't make any sense because what you what you would eventually have to do is also you need the space. So, like, you have the two spots. So, it's basically like you've taken two cages and smashed them together. So, yeah. are you really saving space by cohabbing the correct way? Cohabbing the correct and way.
2: What, what my friends that do the enclosures, they cohab their olives. They've got a massive oh. enclosure. And they've got the ability to be separate. Nine times out of ten, they're hanging out together. Yeah. Um, Josh Fastusa, I did a background for him. He had his Bradley cohab, but we made sure that they had access to their own resources if they wanted them. Right. right. You,
0: you don't you're, one, you're the one, one that, that did, did the Beatles. Alice Springs backdrop for him? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. oh that had Eric to be, you oh,
1: Eric's just didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he did
2: the, the shack. He did the shack himself. Yeah. Another artist did the painting um, in between the shack and the rock work, and I did the rock work. Oh, man. Eric's <laughs> <laughs> like, how much does it cost to have can Oh, I have man, I love here? that enclosure. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is
0: so cool. Yeah.
2: Well, at Very some point cool. I want to do an extension. Expensive uh, holiday to America and do some enclosures for people while I'm there. So there you go. Might, like might that. Like ah, yeah. great.
1: No. Come on, man! Damn it. Come on.
2: In fact, that's possibly even one of the photos that I took.
0: <laughs> I think that's it is. Cool. I, I got it from your uh, your thing, and I, I I looked at it and I was like, I wonder if that's the same enclosure. <laughs> I forgot to ask you. That. Very cool. I'm glad uh, that is awesome. I'm glad you said that.
2: Yeah, that one was done with a bit of a different method where I coated up while it was still wet. I got red sand and sifted it over it so it would stick to the, the mix. Oh, cool. Uh, that's a fun way of doing it as well. Pretty easy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the awesome. reason that I brought up the the cohab is that I have noticed over – and I don't know if it was this past year in particular, but more so than anything in the past, maybe people are just yeah. sending me the pictures, but like – they're constantly sending me pictures of diamond pythons in these breeding balls. So mm. I'm like, do they need to all be together during breeding season? Should I, when I'm designing this cage, should I have it to where I can sort of, you know, we, we have these little tube attachments that we do between enclosures, sometimes from the top, sometimes from sides, whatever. You sort of cap it off when you don't want, you uncap it and they, you know, they go yeah. and Sort of similar to like what we see with garter snakes, you know. Well, not on that,
2: level, yeah, but yeah, I've still, seen that pilot too. it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know, just something I was thinking about. Man, this has been awesome. I yeah. uh appreciate you uh taking the time off of the chat with us, and uh, yeah,
2: that's what my boss is just trying to ring me, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> right on yeah
0: all right well um yeah it's all under copperhead customs on um yep on all of the things
2: customs, uh just look okay. for the logo um yep. it can be a bit hard to find due to the algorithm but um if you go to my page there's links and stuff so we'll
0: put That's all awesome. the links in the in the show notes and offer everybody to uh to, to check out so uh,
1: awesome. if if eric gets diamonds this year um you're gonna have to come and i'm gonna need a diamond enclosure so um
2: <laughs> I, I don't want to put payout?
1: i don't want to put everybody we'll to else on this sticks. call on some sort of notice but you need to make the diamonds and uh yeah okay so there we go
0: <laughs> so Let's see how so. Is. all right yep. man well much appreciated and uh yeah we'll be well, following you. you i love i love your stuff man
2: very good thank you very much it's been a pleasure awesome. all right man thanks dude all
0: right. See ya.
1: All right. Let's go.
0: Back. 2024. Here we are, Owen. We're ready to go. Mm. Uh, just keep going. Those enclosures got you going, huh? I mean,
1: what it does in these kind of shows where, like, we have these and I'm just like, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to put some rocks in some cages. Like, I'm going to, like, there's <laughs> – because I have, I have these fake uh, rock outcroppings. I have the universal rocks up here, which – I like them but yes. I don't think they're I don't think they're big enough for the roughy, just, And I don't I want to do more. The little guy has, he's fine.
0: It, yeah. It, Matt so, has a pretty sweet setup when it comes to that. Right. Um, so
1: stuff. I've been sitting there and I'm like I think I should just get some more universal rocks. And I haven't pulled the trigger on them because the bigger ones that I want oh, Riley, like so. 80 bucks a rock. Riley. So it's like yeah. you know um I've been thinking about just making my own, of that like Owens Corning stuff, and like covering it. And all this does is just kind of push me towards that edge of, I could do that. Like just make one out of there; it'd be fine. So it's that it's dangerous. So I'll probably end up making my own rocks yeah. this summer.
0: I just, you know, I I just like his, uh, his his approach. It's not again, you know. I guess if you're you're, you're breeding and all, I I think yeah. some of the ideas that he was talking about, right? If you want to have necessarily have to have it look like the jungle in in uh, right, cans right but you need the ideas of what makes cans work the fun you need to be yeah and, you need to
1: you need to have the things yes. in there to make it a good in a good environment so yes um uh, right. but yeah i want to do some rock ledges and i and i kind of would have started including them in some of my other cages downstairs so um yeah
0: yeah you'll have to you have to send them a picture of your rhino enclosure i, think I, I did that. i sent a
1: bunch to the um to the chat oh, that a, you and yeah. I and him are in. Um, oh, okay. Cause uh, my wife, I asked her, I'm like, can you get me some pictures? And then she like, just sent me a bunch. I'm like, no, from the inside. And then she sent me a bunch more with some angry text messages. So yeah, Oh it was <laughs>
0: nice of her. Oh yeah. I see it now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely cool. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we have? So uh, we have, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, um, You know, whatever podcast app you use, we're on it. Um, And there's other uh, podcasts that are on the network. Um, You can subscribe to them as well. They have their own feeds and stuff. Uh, You -hmm. can follow us at everything, um, NPR Network. Um, If you want to contact us, marilyupethonradio at gmail.com. I'm trying to, like I said, we're lining up uh, next week. Owen and I are going to talk about uh, getting baby rough skills to eat. That seems to be an issue that a lot of uh, people uh, run into with uh, ruffies. So we're it was weird that. that this this season you you
1: you you uh, you let Lucas and I do the breeding episode on the carpets and coffee, but mm-hmm. more and more people like a lot of the questions was just like all like very ruffie based. What did you do to do this? How did you do that? And, like, you know, Ah. there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So a lot of people are very interested in the roughies as far as breeding. And then, like we've said before. We'll get into that, too. Exactly. Eggs is the first step. Then the hard stuff begins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, We have, like like I said, we have, like, three Chondro shows lined up. Uh, We have some more carpets shows lined up. Right. Um, and I know Owen's chomping at the bit to talk to Keith about his, I which is totally outside of our realm. I am. Yeah.
1: I want to talk to ear- him. We, earless we're we're going to drag Keith on here and make him talk to us about his earless monitors because yeah. I want to know. I I, I want, I, <laughs> <laughs> you just, I don't know. What you're thinking. Like I, I don't want yes, them true. on the same hand. I kind of do because that's such a cool little thing, and he let us hold them, and it feels like a freaking crocodilian with its scoots and everything like that, but it looks like a green Gila monster. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) So I'm like, God, that's awesome. And my biggest fear is, and I've been talking to him a couple times this year, is if Eric Kohler brings baby Gila monsters in front of me, at some point this year, I'm going to make a horrible decision. I, I can't. Oh, I, I it. okay. can't. It's, it's very bad. It's very bad. And no, I will not ship any problem feeder rough scale pythons to anyone, Riley. I only have <laughs> one, and you can't have it. Everybody else oh. is eating.
0: That was a good effort, Riley. That was nice a good try, effort. Though. That
1: was good. That <laughs> might have slipped right in there if I wasn't you paying attention. yeah, that might have worked. Hey, yeah. Will they
0: get them to eat? Yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, I,
1: no, <laughs> a, I like it. Nice try, though. I would um, give them an A for effort.
0: So, uh, so yeah, we have uh, some solid Morelia python <laughs> it's almost shows. Almost like the name going of the
1: up. show. Yeah, so weird.
0: You know, I thought about it and I was like, so a couple of things. I sort of am um, like, uh, I am I am determined to figure out why Condros uh, gave me such a hard time. And I think I have figured that out. So eventually, at some point, I'm going to go back. I, I mean, I am E.B. Morelia, for Christ's sake, right? I should.
3: I, just, <laughs> I should.
1: You, I don't should. Have, you don't have to. My favorite thing, my favorite thing. No, I, I have no. to. My favorite thing out of everything is that your logo. Is a jag in a chondro pose.
3: <laughs>
1: you, you can't do the chondros and you've moved so far away from jags now. Well,
0: it's not a yeah, but yeah. It's I can see why I it's, it's a jag. Yeah. And, no. Well, it's the the skull and crossbones. Stuff. Whatever. Yeah, it's, I wanted it looks like a the jag. jungle. And the, yeah. yeah. But yes, I'll, I'll give it to you. At the time, I probably was thinking jag.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. At the time, you're probably thinking jag. So. We've now gone so far away, and it's – I mean, I know you're chomping it. The problem is that I, – and I said this to I said this to buddy – is that yeah. you were like, oh, we're going to have a couple of green tree shows. I'm like, he wants green trees again. He wants green trees again because we're having green tree shows. Well, it's because if you're doing research and he wants green trees again. So –
0: i have i do and yeah. i never have stopped wanting them um it's just that um with <laughs> green trees <laughs> i think well no i think i really think it's just saturation i just think i, did a bad did, job, yeah. I would 100%, 100% agree that. 100% you know 100% i, th- RV- I know like the keeping part of it is simple, right? Because everybody right. says that you know how simple they are. And they are. They're pretty much like uh once you get it dialed in, it's kind of good to go. But I really think that a lot of the issues and I talked to Bill Stiegel about this a long time ago when I got a couple from him. And he said the same thing, just it's hydration, you know. And and it wasn't a matter of me uh constantly changing the water and all that. And it, it was a matter of, you know, I just assumed that they drank and they didn't. Yeah. And that's what no. Made me no jerks, so.
1: yeah, bastards. I gave them water; <laughs> they didn't do it. So,
0: I now the goal has always been breed all the Moralia, right? So, eh. I got to get shopping, bro. <laughs>
1: you do because where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that everything's been combined, is it just eye and Virgata? Uh,
0: well, yeah, but I, I'm I'm looking at that as more of a locality type of thing. You know what I <laughs> mean?
1: yeah I mean, like, yeah, okay i'll give it to you i can't i mean say if you want Pop to say Pop coastals Darwin, Darwin, and jungles and, can and, and, say ones. No. yeah all right yeah, we can do, I it. Can do it that's
0: fine you know yeah. but <laughs> anyway that's kind of like where where you know where i've been at um getting back to my roots morelia is kind of where and that being said um mm-hmm. we i've i've redone you know what? I can probably yeah, you can probably it up show here the on the people. YouTube. Yeah. I, I could, right? You just show um, the
1: people what we've been, what I'm sorry, we, you've
0: been we, doing. Yeah. I've
1: just yeah, been, we've been, doing. we've been, I just been, I slapped my name on it as it's way out the door. Good enough. Yeah.
0: I always said, we, it's a yeah, effort. The Royal we. we yeah, We could not do it with the, without yep, each other. Yep. So. Yep.
1: Yep. Um,
0: so I redid the uh, website, Window Chrome tab. How do I here we go? Bink. Uh
1: you see Jason, the white lips, I tried to pair the female I got from you yesterday with my wild caught male. And uh he ran like his life depended on it. Um, because it probably did. So I have separated them and I'm gonna give her a little bit of a chance to settle, and then I'm gonna throw my um, Uh, My captive born and bred boy uh, in there, the father of my babies from two years ago. He's much larger and kind of takes no shit. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, other than that, she's fine. She's eaten. She's warmed up to me. I'm more along the lines (laughs) of now knows me as a target.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I got to tell the listeners, too. Holy Mm. shit, Mort is big. (laughs) <laughs> he's not that big holy shit. he's not that big.
1: you're like he i could ride big. him into a battle
3: like
0: it's <laughs> like holy shit that's mort <laughs> that's what, what happens drive when he, him half- <laughs> he takes half the year outside running around eating my grass
1: like that's what holy
0: shit yeah. mort yep. is he's legit anyway he's a big boy I started redoing yeah. the website um here's some news where you can order the calendar um then the morelia complex i kind of have this going on here Um you can ah. see these nice Condros, and i've included owen pelly since the uh, nick button the love of them Jim and we cannot we'll never them let in it their dry. books yep that's right um but uh and then you know you can even go to you know it breaks down uh ah, we took by, that picture <laughs> yeah it's Riley's Brettle, I love that picture. Yeah, that's a great took. And that's uh, uh, Scott Iper's Scott's or maybe it's Ty I don't know. I don't in know. Um but <laughs> we'll the Scott. idea is that you would go to the page, and there you go, sort of gives you a rundown. There we were in Darwin, all the kind mm-hmm. of thing, blah, blah, blah. So doing that for each of the Morelia is kind of like where we're going. Um but, uh, so-
1: Obviously, if you have somebody that kind of has some – wants to get some knowledge on Morelia and the Carpet Complex, please just share this website because it's a great place to start. You know, people want to know information and constantly I see people on a lot of the Facebook groups who are like, I just got this Carpet Python. Um, How do I keep it? What's going on? What is it? Like – and a lot of stuff is – you know, the knowledge is there. It's just some people may need some direction. So – Please share the website, share the podcast. Anybody who's interested in in Morelia, um, I think we've been doing this for. <laughs> I keep saying I've been breeding for ten years, but we've been doing the show for twelve. <laughs> so that's, that can't be right. <laughs> like it's that's wrong. Shit. <laughs> like um. So
0: yeah. Um. The other thing to like, I even put the morphed. Um, yeah. I don't know if it'll pop up. Uh, But just so people can see, I hope that it pops up and then I can share. Okay, I can. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to share this real quick. Um, Did I share the right one? I don't think so.
1: I I have to... Have to make you look at my website and see if you can jazz it up for me. It's just black and white, (laughs) like simple to the point. Here's snake. Buy snake. Like yeah. So my
0: my my thing and what I'm going through, and this is taking a long time with all the stuff that I've accumulated over the years. I'm putting it into a website, right? So the idea here is, is that you you click on the jag. It tells you the story of the jag. Now you got. You know, Jungle Jags. It's Riddler, Bullwinkle, Gamma, Scream. All the famous ones. Here's uh, Inland Jags, Carmel Jags. Then you got the combos that are like Tiger Jags. You know, Carmel, etc. Oh, there's your there's your boy right there, Owen. Yeah. Um, I, I mean I also, right there yeah. <laughs> I also have but, the Oslo Jag,
1: yeah. I also have the Exanic Jag. Um <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, this will give I, you an idea of like where you can go to uh to sort of uh to you know to see all the different combos and stuff like that.
1: I got to send you some of the Caramel Jag stuff.
0: Yeah, you should. So I can yeah. put it in there since you have the yeah. best stuff, so I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, cuz the Caramel Jag is <laughs> <laughs> you Well, the problem is like you the, some of them might be supers and I have to Figure that out. So it's weird so because the idea is what to was go a,
0: through all of what's that?
1: Well, I mean, what yeah, was a caramel well, jag in that picture is like yeah. some of the first caramel jags. That's so it's now first. it's like, yeah, like what yes. is a caramel jag now blows that thing yes. out of the water, but it's still oh, just a caramel jag. So it's like, okay. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. So so the idea is and then to do that with green trees and then to do that yeah. with you know owen pelly's ruffies and stuff not that there's more than two but um, yeah that that's sort of where it's going so it's a work in progress and then i'm gonna put uh you know books that you should you know you should check out and um you know put a a blog of like what i'm doing with my carpet pythons and stuff i actually so um i just
1: ordered a, a new book off amazon that'll be here in a couple of days and it was because uh-huh. it was on sale and it is breaking down um the burmese pythons living in florida of like how they became such a problem and you know how they fit into the little niche down there that was open and all that stuff so i'm oh, like sure. that'll be fun niche niche that's a good niche. <laughs> yeah niche i'm like it's been so long you forget how to do it i forget that <laughs> Yeah, it's he's got to gotta start a new list. We already aired all the grievances for 23, so I have to try to give Nipper ammo. <laughs> right from the for, gate. Yeah, I got to. I like ready, it. We're starting. Here we go.
0: Yep. I love it. Yep. Um, okay, so don't forget Cold Blood Caffeine. Uh, check those guys out. Um, they uh, do uh, fresh roasts of coffee. We have an affiliate link with them down in the show notes. You can check it out. Carpets and Coffee Blend. And then we yes. have Cold Blood Cafe we all know what's going on with the price of rodents uh so we have an offer npr 10 to get 10 percent off your first order um and, yep. uh, and they, they have they are the ones stuff
1: yeah and they are the ones that also have the the quail stuff that we were talking about with the eggs with the baby quail in it so you have to talk with chris on that one and he'll get you guys hooked up if you need it um if not we said that uh we got the other people were asking about the other button quail that we got from Jason hood, which is the, oh, dude. you can contact him. You can got, <laughs> contact him for yes. his stuff. So if you are, if you do have problem feeders or you're going into the breeding season and you kind of got a little worry in the back of your head, or you had a clutch this year that drove you nuts, contact Chris, he'll get you hooked up with the quail uh, that are in the egg. And then if you contact Jason hood, he'll get you hooked up with some button quail. So, those are helpful and they are Morelli crack because they are the bird the size of a goddamn fuzzy.
0: So they're great. Yeah. <laughs> they're
1: great. Anyway. Um,
0: yeah. And, you know, we it showed you the website. Uh, we got the swag store. Again, um, I'm redoing all this stuff for 2024. And um, we also have the Patreon. If, and, if you guys uh, have we anything to do, Mom. oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, if anybody had any suggestions on swag they would like to see, let us know. Um, I have one that I'm kind of working on trying to figure out. So if you have a um, quote from NPR that was one of your favorites, so you'd like to see on a T-shirt, let us know. We might throw that in. Um, so, uh, yeah, any other kind of swag or anything else you guys want to see, let us know. We'll try to get it working on it. Um, if you're an artist and want to contribute, let us know. We suck at drawing. So it's that. Yeah, that's what hinders a lot of our stuff here. So, yeah.
0: Well, I found that you don't need to know how to draw. It's just learning how to create it. Photoshop. Create yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I'm getting better at it. Uh, Boas,
0: Bo's Bo's dropped today. So uh, you should check that out tomorrow um, or when you're listening to this. Uh, there'll also be a new uh, CCR out, Bluebird, Bluebird Radio. Um, there's a new Reptile Fight Club. Um, coming out on Friday and we'll be back next Monday with carpets and coffee, carpets and coffee. followed by me and Owen on Tuesday and uh, talking about rough scales. So do not get the link is in the, the show. notes, yes. the NPR calendar um, 2024. Uh, check it out. Uh, I think that's all I got. Yeah. Anything that's
1: no, that's it. I mean, I can say that my Argentine sheds and I have a, it's, sick boa thing that's kind of gnawing in the back of my head but then also i keep thinking about if i can ditch a pair of olive pythons to make room for barnex. you need to stop me like why oh won't my you stop goodness me? like why won't uh, anyone stop me like everybody just keeps watching me do this anyway um it's that's all we to have to uh, of course crash. it is hilarious <laughs> i mean it's like watching it's like watching a train jump a lineup of buses while on fire anyway yeah. um that's all we have for everybody tonight um Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, welcome to the new season of Morelia Python Radio. We will catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.